You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Here at Extra Grind, we're trying to usher in uh, the, the season when shows will be coming back, whether that's late summer, whether that's early fall, whether that's middle fall, whether that's probably, probably going to be middle fall. Uh, we are happy that uh, we're going to crawl out of our caves, happy that we're going to, uh, the, the sunlight's going to hit our eyes like Puxatani Phil, uh, and we are going to engage in life again. We are going to, uh, not an imitation of life uh, indoors, uh, but rather uh, actual life. We are going to uh, uh, embrace it. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, and we are going to uh, 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 channel some of this uh, frustration that we've had the past year into uh, uh, new projects, uh, into uh, possibly some of you are going to have new romances. Uh, I hope all of you are going to improve your lives in some meaningful way. And what we can do to that end <clears throat> is premiere songs we can point out songs from bands that that we're happy to support such as perfect world perfect world does a new york hardcore thing without too much grip on the past uh it's referential without being throwback and chintzy you know it, it is uh, uh uh new york hardcore done right in my view and the song that we're going to play today to kick this off is called War Culture. I understand that th- th- these words don't, I don't pronounce them well. War Culture. And that's from the debut LP, War Culture. Uh, LP is available now on LDB. I now bring you Perfect World, War Culture. There's no denying what we've done is Under fire We were born 
Welcome. Welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. You know, when I hear the click, I just go into automatic mode of going, welcome to Axe to Grind. And that just happened. So I, I'm a little off my rhythm because I've done it now twice. Uh, I'm Patrick. So I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. and confused. Well, so people, this is uh, behind the scenes. Uh, we recorded something just immediately before the welcome to Axe to Grind. And it required- have love. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. <laughs> it required a snap, a click in. And without thinking, I just, I, I turned my head immediately and went straight into it as though I'm like a fully trained news broadcaster that, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, these things do get in your head. I'll probably be saying that, you know, like uh, I'll be at some family function and a kid will be clicking his mouth like, and I'll just go, welcome to Instagram. <laughs> so <laughs> good party trick, actually. <laughs> Uh, let's do some sponsors. Let's do some sponsors. Uh, again, pulling back the curtain today, we had a very quiet member of our group chat. Who do you think it was? Oh, that's oh, me. Oh, that was you. What were you doing? Were you what in the, the warehouse today? You in the, the factory? I was in the factory. I was uh, living my factory life. You can still return a text. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last day. Um, you think yeah, Bruce I, ever I, uses that one? Like in text now, somebody's texting 600-year-old Bruce Springsteen. Right, that was yeah. Maria down at the, uh, the old <laughs> sugar factory. I was at the mill. Sorry, guys. Yeah, little Steven is hitting him up and being, like, and he's just responding with, <laughs> sorry, I was at the mill just all day. Saw, I, was at the, saw this. I was at the factory. Yo, I sent you a cool meme, Bruce. Let's go. I was at the smelting. <laughs> so uh, good good reference on both those. Um so the decision today, we're doing a grab bag. We're shouting out all four sponsors. We're going shopping. We're shopping uh, for a crew, as Patrick would say. Run for a cover. Not a shame. To live a lie. Closed casket activities. Death with Shink. Me and Tom were like, yo, we'll split up. You do two. I'll do two. And we'll leave two. Patrick can go wild card and pick any two he did. Did you do your homework yet, Patrick? No, but I'm happy to. I'm happy go to go off the fly. Right now. Prognosis yeah. okay. negative. Yeah, seriously. All right. Well, Tom, since you did the homework, why don't you start us off, and then I'll go, and then you'll go, and then I'll go, and Patrick will have to fit in where he gets in. Yeah. So apart from doing my full time senior director job, mm. um, working with severe <laughs> mentally ill folks, um, mm. or folk, I'm sorry, people with severe mental illnesses coming off of Rikers Island, um, I also went back and I picked some records from some of our sponsors. Um, well, actually, must, must, must be nice to have all that time, Tom. It must be. It must be. <laughs> Motherfucker. Um, I picked, I, you know what? I chose to live a lie to, to be one of my shopping excursions just because I feel like that's my blindest spot and I want to learn. Nice. Good choice. Um, so a record that I was just like, that sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to it and then I'm going to buy it um, is a definition of insanity. Okay. By human obliteration. Oh, neat. Like, um, like the name. It's and it's it looks like it's a it's a two person band. Yeah. Um it's it's a eighteen it's how many songs is this? It's like some astronomical amount of it's a thirteen song LP, thirteen songs, eighteen minutes. Um it's a grindcore band, but it's it's got a lot of heavy parts, and I feel like this sort of stuff is overlooked by the heavy hardcore person. 
And I think Quite they'd often. be way into it if they were ever privy to it. Yo, I, I think there's a great weird like going around the circle where it's like if fast is at one spot and melodic's at another and heavy or hard hardcore is at another. Heavy hardcore and fans who like just that heavy thudding, yo, don't be scared by some of the blast beats. There's a lot of heavy on some of this like grind stuff, yeah. the doom I, stuff. So right. it, about, you're totally right. Right. Think about like all the fo- like the big thing that I saw popping up in my timeline the last like two weeks was the Cannibal Corpse record. Mm. Mm. This is not that like if if you like that because you think you know this is that with like actual human beings on vocals. True. Oh, I it's like it's really that. not that far. Like it's not that far afield. Songs are shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, a little. I mean, they're obviously grindier, and they're not. You know, they're not solos and shit. But like, I feel like if you like that, I would give this a shot because I think you'd like it. I thought it was dope. Yeah. So it's human obliteration, and the record's called De- "Definition of Insanity." And I just tried to send the link to the chat because the album art is so awesome. Yeah, that's also what caught my eye. Yo, yo, shout out! You you always hear us talk about cool album art. Yo. Do yourself a favor. No matter where you go, buy it. Regardless, hopefully from one of our four sponsors, buy records with cool album art. That shit matters. When you have a good looking record, just buy it. It's worth it. It's cool as shit. And if oh, you love it, great. If you don't, all good. Give all right. So, um, to live hit that web store, pick up the uh, the the record Tom was talking about, which is. Human obliteration. A human obliteration, definition of insanity. I like the voice. Uh, and is it my turn? It's my turn. It could be your turn. All right. Let's see if Patrick gets in here. I know. Uh, yeah. we're, 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 yeah. Um, I'm going runforcoverrecords.com. We've been big up in a lot of the new RFC stuff, a lot of new music they've been doing. Um, they've got some big plans coming soon. Uh, I think they're going to have a busy year. But. What I am going to point out now isn't music, but it is apparel. I want you to direct your attention to the Fiddlehead ID hoodie. Uh, I think so. Bands are always looking for those like signature pieces of merch, the merch that's like, yo, this is one of the things you think about when you think about a band. You know, a lot of good bands have that. In your in your age, Tom, I think Indecision has almost always had that. Patrick, uh, Self Defense is cultivated that a bit i'm very happy to see what you guys have done over time there's a couple like gem shirts that i think of when i think of your band gonna bust out a couple more classics coming soon Ooh, okay think about like the an hoodie or the bane hoodie or yeah oh yeah Uh, i mean you know just iconic right Right. the integrity box logo on shirts um fiddlehead has a couple that stick out but i really like this id hoodie now uh red champion hoodie small print so this is good if you're trying to have like some 90s skater vibes yes also has kind of like this is not going to be confused this is not a bold t-shirt you know what i mean i think you could go wear this be low-key or have someone think is that just some cool new brand uh i love it i just think it's a really cool looking hoodie yeah man it's it's cool i'm full on with it i like the red hoodie i'm buying it xl for me uh, runforcoverrecords.com. It's available in all sizes, selling now. Love so it. go pick it up. Uh, Patrick, have you? do you have one for Run For Cover? 
Uh, or did you go somewhere else? We we have we have close casket and death wish left. I have one it's for like death. Douchebag sitting next to you in class. You're like, what? Wait, 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 what is it? Yeah, let me copy off you. Let me let me do some homework, and then they get chosen first. Yeah, oh, and then they steal yeah, your fucking right. answer. Well, so that's here's exactly what we'll right. do. We're gonna go to close casket first and yeah, see if Patrick can scramble. Exactly, and then we're gonna close with death wish. Go for it. Pat's going. Who's going? Me? No, close casket first. Right, Tom, I, you're good. Okay, so I'm gonna go for it. Um, yeah, I just you know what? I went back through like the. The catalog, it's incredible how many fucking records that have come out that have been so important in the last couple of years um, no that came out of CCA. Um, one that I don't know if we talked about enough because it's like just outside our purview, but is an incredibly big record by them. And it's fucking impossibly heavy. The vocals are insane. It's it's an all-star band. I'm going with um, – I bought the End Splinters from an Ever-Changing Face LP. Mm. It's like their fifth pressing or something like like obnoxious. I forget how many. Oh yeah, it is up to third pressing. It's like six thousand LPs. In, wow, just wow, on vinyl. Wow. Um, it's it's um, what dude from Counterparts, <laughs> I guess. But it's our buddy Will Putney. Yep, it's our buddy Jay Pepito. Yep, um, super fucking like if you like this is as heavy as it gets, and the vocalist. From I guess it's from Counterparts. I'm showing that I'm 97 years old. I believe so. Yeah, incredibly incredible voice for heavy music. Yo, so I, can, I highly can, recommend this. Can I make an offer, kind of on the pre-pro that we haven't discussed? It's it's just pro-pro now. Let's do uh, it. If I would like, I don't know when we'd schedule this, but if there's one of you out there that's kind of like totally plugged in to the Uncanny Valley hardcore that we discuss, like that's your lane. That's a thing that you really like. And you you just want to send us an email on what is the absolute peak of that, what we should be listening to, or potentially if I don't want to say if you want to be a guest because you might be a mutant that can't talk, but like if it, 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 feel free to make us more knowledgeable because I Give thought us about some this examples, Pat. Well, like for example, counterparts, counterparts, counterparts yeah. as we've discussed a million times, is just shy halud, but it's it plays to a different kid, and that's yeah. that's an interesting phenomenon, right? So like. Uh, straight from the like path would be another inside, one, right? Uh, uh, Ghost inside, or, yeah. Or, or, or you're, you love varials. You know what I mean? There's a lot right. of these kind of bands. So um, if that's your world, but you also are uh, Axel Grind audience, hit us up. Let's talk. I want we want to talk crossover. Um, why it feels apart? If it feels apart to you, maybe you you hear us say that and say, "What the hell's wrong with you?" Um, love to hear it. So great, great yeah. pro pro uh, suggestion, PK. Pat's number is five one eight. Um so what? yes, you were sending you're you're sending that end uh s- splinters from an ever changing face, which by the way, beautiful awesome. looking record. Just great. Yeah, it's record. still got an, another amazing cover. It's like yeah. if you're in a record store and you're flipping through, you're stopping at this. Cool. You're um, right. I mean, no no Oh, no yeah. question. No Just, question. What the fuck is this? Um, yo, uh Patrick, do you have one for close casket or can I give one for both of us? Please go. Eyes of the, and this is for Tom too. Eyes of the Lord, misery feels like home. This is the the last Eyes of the Lord record. Oh, is this? I don't is think this out. It's been out for a long time. It came out like last year. No, no, no. Is there? Uh, I thought they ha- were doing a final record. Is this that, the final yeah, record? Which came out a came out a year. I don't oh. know if they're doing another one, but this is the this, no, this is, is their it. this is it. This is the second release. Second. This is their second record. Yes. Okay. This record is cool. Think it maybe got overlooked. We talked about it a bit when it came out. Um, still deserves time and attention, much like 
Tom said with the uh, with the end record, I think this record has legs, and I haven't Great listened lyrics. to it a while, but I'm looking through. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's songs I really like on this record. So yeah, this, so, this is the black and white art. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, yep. and if yeah, it's yeah. like any of the members of the band, mm-hmm. like their other work, you're gonna like this band. Yes, yes and no so. one can write a lyric like this, and and actually for it and it being true, and for it to be true. Yeah, it'd be cosplay from anybody else. Yeah, so um, it is legit. I, I highly recommend it. So okay. com. pick up End, pick up Eyes of the Lord, venture out of the E section, and get some stuff too. <laughs> All right, uh, and closing off, do you have something else, PK, or are you ready for me to go to Death Wish? I'm ready for Death Wish. Let's go to Death Wish, because I am going to suggest... <sighs> Death Wish just does a good job with Distro, man. Yes, it's all our, all our All our partners do. I just want to say... Um, Death Wish just was like has stuff that you maybe wouldn't have assumed they'd have. So we know that they have everything. Uh, if you haven't picked up the Glitterer Life is Not a Lesson record, go pick it up at Death Wish. They got it. If you haven't and you're curious about the new Dinosaur Jr., which I've heard mixed reviews. I've heard some people who love it are like, yep, Dinosaur Jr., Dinosaur Jr. in it. And other people are like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good on it. But they have it. The sweeping sweep it into space, which I'm I'm in on the title. Get that. Um, and uh, you know what? I also want a burn mug. Why not oh, have wow. a burn mug? They make so, burn mugs. They sure do. I need a burn mug. That's what oh, I'm and also they have the military gun. My life is over seven inch, which sold out. This is the second press, which I think is also moving quickly. So so scoop those up. And Patrick, what are you going to suggest? Uh, so I'm finding this interesting. There's uh, the band Zeo uh, has gone to self-releasing, and I just want to support mm. this. Uh, this is uh, they do a label called Observed Observer, and uh, they have three releases under that name. I think I think two of them are EPs, uh, but the the most recent one is called The Crimson Corridor, which I gave a shot. Uh, I think Zeo has a classic metalcore record and uh, another 0.5 classic metalcore record. Uh, They don't get much shine on this podcast, but uh, this new, uh, they've had a a dozen missteps. So uh, just so everybody's clear, that's one point. (laughs) That's 1.5 classics and a dozen missteps. But this new record is still good. Yeah, it is. And, and and the Crimson Corridor is the new record. Uh, I gave it a listen. And it is, if you are in the pocket, if you are in the back pocket of Zayo's classic period and you just want to be pulled out and utilized by Zayo, this would be it. It, it is, uh, it, it's very much playing to the stuff that I think they know people would like to hear. Uh, so, so give it a go. Deathwishing.com. Pull it out. Thank you to all our sponsors. Thank you to everybody who sticks with us. Guys, how are we feeling today? Million bucks. This fucking guy. Um, yo, I want to say we do a good job of keeping it light, but also addressing serious things when we do. Today, we're going to chat about this, that, and the other and try to remind not just the three people on this call, but anybody who's in the sound of our voices that hardcore should be fun and cool and challenging but when it gets to annoying uh turn to turn to axe grind we'll we'll try to make it annoying in a different way where we talk about like um like dumb questions and like being 900 up on cryptos 
did you get my uh, Tom? I texted Patrick at what would have equated to say like four thirty in the morning, uh, West Coast time, and told him he has to check his cryptos. Did you check your cryptos at that time? Uh, at not at four thirty in the morning. I did when I woke up, and uh, a misplaced uh, uh, sell order got rid of all my Ethereum uh, weeks and weeks ago. So I've missed all of the uh, no. big thrills and run up. Oh yeah, no, I've, I'm. <laughs> I'm getting fucking murdered. Hey, and everybody, for our environmentalists in the audience, I don't want to lecture anybody, but uh, all of the concerns that you're hearing from people like Bill Maher about the environmental impact of crypto, uh, it is so far outweighed by air travel, I cannot begin to express it in words. So Mm. if you have a problem with cryptocurrency, which you're welcome to, please weigh it against all, yeah, exactly. Please weigh it against all of the things that we do in life that, that, that are for pleasure exclusively versus, for example, cryptocurrency, which is a means that somebody with no financial background at all can take $1,000 and and give themselves a nest egg. So uh, just a thing to consider. Guys, let's have some fun today. Starting off with an old friend, a friend who we haven't answered questions from in a while but a friend who has continued to send us questions. Do you know who I'm referring to? I'm hoping his last name is Lawson. Ding, ding, ding. Guys, do most cultures have Halloween? No. No, not Halloween, but I think I think most cultures do have like a cut loose, like, hey, you've yeah. got an excuse to be offensive sort of day. That's, that's an interesting definition of Halloween. Uh, <laughs> cut loose and be offensive. <laughs> Wow. I mean, that's what it, I think that's what it actually, you know, I think that's what it became codified out as like you're supposed to be ridiculing the notion of death. And out of that. Yeah, you, I'm it, with that. It, yeah, it became like ridiculing the notion of anything serious, you know. So like, you know, I, I think that this and then is America has just made it really offensive. Let's yeah. But but I mean, listen, all of a sudden I, sombreros got involved and yeah. Yeah. Right. People there there was a lot. But but is it? Yeah. The, well, <laughs> listen. You'll catch me defending a lot of things. Yeah, we all like cheers on this podcast, I think. So, you know. So, um, uh, yeah, I, 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 uh, I think that probably everybody has a variation thereof, though not actually like whatever it is, All Hallows Eve or any of that shit. Okay. Do you believe that our dreams have meaning? Like it's supposed to mean something specific if you have a dream and your teeth fall out, stuff like that? No. Um. Yes, yes, I do. Oh, okay. Uh, please. I mean, not that like your teeth fall out. That means like you're gonna die tomorrow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think a lot of you know dreams are kind of like the runoff from your conscious and subconscious kind okay. of things that you notice. You know what I mean? Like, have you not had a friend? Like, you texted a friend of like you know a few hours before bed or an hour before bed, and like you have uh, kind of a dream involving those that mm-hmm. you know person on a road trip, or whatever the fuck you know. Like, I think mm-hmm. like. It's just kind of yes, I think I think they have some meaning. Some meaning, okay. yeah. Um, I have really weird ass dreams, man. It's cool. I love it. I love how weird you remember them. Are. I don't really remember most of them. I do. I remember a good amount, but it fades. It's like the kind of thing where if I kept a notepad next to the bed, I could write it down pretty quick. But then, like by by this time of the day, it's like, oh, what was that gibberish? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'll be like. Red car. What the fuck is this? What are you writing? Luckily, I yeah, exactly. Luckily, I don't talk in my sleep. I, I imagine that would be really weird. Uh, do they mean anything? Uh, I honestly, I think 
most of my dreams, the way I feel about it is that they're either a weird response to what I'm dealing with or thinking about mentally or an overflow. So like you were saying, sometimes there's very tangible connections. Sometimes there's none. Sometimes it's pure reaction and going into something else. A a way I make myself fall asleep is I think about, I, I pretend that I am in a large rock cave and or sleeping on stones and falling asleep in a cave uh, that's that's completely obscured from from sunlight. It's not like an open cave. It's like you have to crawl through rocks to get in there. Um, so what does that mean? I don't know. It starts my dreams off really weird a lot of times, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's the woman from the White Stripes up to? Meg, Meg. White. Um, yeah. Probably just living off the millions and millions of dollars she made off of playing on those records. Okay. And just yeah. Her. Yeah, I, I hope that she's doing something she enjoys. Would it be? I mean, uh, I've she's not been active that. in the music industry since. No. Um, well, look, she wasn't. She she wasn't a particularly gifted player, and it, it's like, what do you do after that? Like, you it know, it worked for I, that band. Oh, it worked perfect. I, I mean, look, I I don't like that band at all, but I mean, she can That's keep amazing. a step. She can keep a steady beat, uh, and it was like part of the gimmick, and it totally worked. And it's kind of like, you know, what you can't. The thing. This is a bigger question to you, fellas. Do you think it's ever possible to just cash your chips out while you're ahead, or, or do you think that you always have to embarrass yourself by going on too long? No, you oh, see people, people cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah she might be doing that. I think, That's she, what I think. I, you see, you see plenty of people. It doesn't get talked about because the sooner you cash the easier it is for you to fade from public eye. So right. so I mean, going going to Axel Grind host read Wikipedia, which is one of our favorite moves, uh, she, by her own admission, White is very shy and gives a few interviews. Yes. She guards her privacy in a manner similar to Bob Dylan, her favorite artist, who cares, and told Rolling Stone in 2005 that, and this is good, the more you talk, the less people listen. Uh, as of 2014, God, Jesus. Resided, <laughs> as of 2014, she resided in Detroit. Um, Whoops! So she was married to Jack. Yeah, she was married to Jack White from '96 to 2000. Wow! In before May the band two- really took off. Right in May 2009, she married guitarist Jackson Smith, the son of musicians Patty Smith and Fred Smith. Good for her. Um, the they MG divorced in, tw- in July 2013. Yes. Oh my bad. Yeah. So, but you know what, though, I mean, I. I mean, also think how weird it was. So there, it was. It was always like the joke slash story that are they ex husband and wife or are they brother and sister? Oh, yeah. right. That was like the big thing, which was like it they look very similar. Wearing, you're wearing red. Yeah, but they, they they look very similar. So I don't blame anybody. Do they? For, oh, to me they to me they look like actual siblings. Yeah, you you can catch photos where they do, and then photos where they don't. Uh, if you look at her main uh, Wikipedia photo, I can see it. And then I'm looking through some of her Google images. I'm, I'm mixed on it. So, no, they, I mean, they dress like like candy canes. Yeah, yo, that's a good question. Is there an example in hardcore where you felt like the band cashed their chips out at the exact right time? And like, yo, at here's the, the here's the, right let's time. put a caveat, right? Because we could say that for Inside Out, right? Like, well, they minor well, threat, minor threat, yes. minor threat. But like Fugazi, I want yeah. Ex- that's what more the kind of example I want. I want a career that's more than two LPs. Right, right. You know, minor what I mean? threat cashed out actually too early in reality. Well, who knows? It would have been really sure. interesting. Think about 
like we do the what ifs. What if Minor Threat wrote an LP after Out of Step? What would it have been like? You know, there's all the speculation on what on that's why they broke up. That blah, 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 like you know, right. and and uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm sure it still would have been dope, but could it have been a seven out of ten? that we look at as being like, I don't know, like fucking field day or something. You know what I mean? Like, could, oh, yeah, could I mean, be- here's the thing, the embrace LP, which I think all three of us like, yeah. at least to some extent, if that is a minor threat record, it's not, it doesn't hold up quite as well. No. Can I say that? Right. Oh, so, I mean, sure. Which is wild on its own. It stands yeah. out fine. I would say a band that actually their last show was five years ago, right before the uh, recording of this episode foundation. I feel like they they okay. kind of cashed out at the right time. I feel like the I mean this actually happened twice. I feel like Half Heart cashed like yep. cashed in half, chips half Heart in my right view. Time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't I, think I, don't, I think both of those are good suggestions. Yeah, because I mean, Foundation that last record that they toured on that they end you know ended in in Atlanta with was their most popular record. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like they kind of got to the zenith and like. They called it. They called it a rap. Which well, and, and it also didn't feel like they called it necessarily too early. Like they have a pretty sizable catalog, right? You know. Oh yeah, it's definitely not too early. But it was like it, maybe another record is on the other end of that hill. Who knows? Oh, who knows? No, no. You're well because here's the thing. What we're saying in this conversation isn't. It's that you plateau. Like it's like oh, this is right. also good. It's like yo, here's the thing. Tragedy, first LP. Holy shit do a seven inch oh my god do a second lp oh my god like upward trajectory third lp they do some splits it's good it's like good you can listen to it's good it's plateau you know what i mean and it's like i think the third tragedy lp and the fourth tragedy lp are good like and then they have this bump with uh their more recent record fury i think that record's like whoa that's uh a little spike there but what we're thinking of, did they cash out at the right time, cash in the chips? Not, it didn't feel too early because in hardcore that happens all the goddamn time. Yes. But this Have Heart had demo, seven inch, two LPs, you know, smattering of other random songs. Right. Incredible last show. Yeah. Foundation, big, like, I think maybe it's only one true LP, but like, like a solid three-ish LPs of material worth, you know, when you Absolutely. go through all their records. Right. Um, Turncoat was an EP, but that's, you know. Yeah. You, you go through all their stuff. They got plenty of stuff. Um, that's a good question is the bands who cash out at exactly the right time and it feels right. Here's a question for you guys on that. Did Title Fight cash out at the right time or the wrong time? Did they cash out too early? Did they cash out too late? And guys, just anybody who's listening, who's just hearing this part, we're not saying cash out by like taking, it's nothing to do with money. It's right, literally just out. the phrase. It's the phrase of like, Hey, I'm leaving Cashing the table. out your chips. Yeah. Yes. You're I'm leaving, leaving the, the table. table. So, like this is as good as it's going to get. Yeah. I'm did title fight leave at their absolute Zenith or did they leave too early or too late? What was it? it remind me. What's the last record called? Hyperview. Oh, uh, you know what? If they cashed out at the right time, like they, they left the table at the right time because uh, I think Floral Green is probably more like, you know, it's it's probably the bigger record in people's minds. Yeah. But I think that they did not, they left a, a selection of records that reflected their audience's changing tastes in a tasteful way that I think stands up. And I think that 
that's the most you can ask of any band on the planet. So good for them. I'm going to say too early. Yeah. Hmm. To me, I think a way to kind of see if they've, if a band is like kind of, you know, push their chips into the middle of the table too early is how fervent the, the, the call for them to come back is. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's very few bands, if any, I mean, it's become a meme. It's so prevalent that people are like, well, what about a title fight show? Yeah. You true. know what I'm saying? So like, I think that may be a good indicator that it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like they, there was like, still meat on the bone. Yeah. No big, grand farewell at, a, at like a fucking Wells Fargo arena and, and books. You know what I'm saying? It was like the last show was a small show for them for Aaron Warman. Yep. yep. And, I mean, to be very honest, like uh, they only did it because that dude was like an OG homie, homie yeah. roadie, yeah. everything. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm between the two things here as, as we often find, I think that Hyperview left a really creative, cool place for them. Tasteful is a good way to say it. And if you saw them live after that record came out, they were able to weave the Hyperview material into their set with earlier material. So masterful. It just was awesome. It was so cool. It's crazy to see. Yeah. It's so cool. Yes. It shouldn't so make cool. sense, but it does. Yes. And when you see musicians do that, artists do it where it's like, hey, we, we've made some stylistic choices and tweaks and changes, but it's not going to be a jarring experience. It's really cool. So uh, they yeah. they did they I think live they were absolutely on the top of their game. But that said, I would I would have died to hear another album. You know, it would have been cool to see where they go musically from Hyperview on. Okay, so we kind of spiraled off there from uh, what Meg White is what doing. We do. It's what we do. How crazy was the first person to have LASIK eye surgery? Incredible. Like- that's like trying to like fucking free climb fucking Yosemite. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, like, I'll give it a shot, see what happens. Like, if it doesn't work, it, your eyes don't work anymore. Yeah. yeah we just burned, I, burned a hole in your skull. I follow a woman who traveled to uh, Dubai to have the color of her eyes changed permanently. Wow. When I read about it, it's like there's a, <laughs> there's like a 5% chance that you're blind for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> one like, in 20 is too high for me it's like what like that's crazy um yeah i uh you're a very bold person i mean but look some people are very sanguine about things that scare the living shit out of me my father's had like 13 eye surgeries mm. uh, you know i'd say after the second one i'd say take them out you know what i mean i'd say i'm not enduring this this is insane like i this is like a james bond torture device every time i gotta come in here fuck it but if it's that or blindness, yeah. I, I would imagine like it's like I'll roll the dice. Yeah, but, but I, I mean, see not that. being the first one to do it though is pretty fucking wild. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I uh, how much do you guys like to touch your eyes? I'm I'm I hate it. As someone who wears contact lenses, it took me a long time to get there. Oh, I, can, I can't do contacts for that very reason. Yeah, yeah. And any kind of movie, things. any like any horror movie that's like, oh, this guy's gonna get his like eye slit. It makes me horrified. Yeah, that's a bad one. It's a bad yeah. one. Well, on a similar but different level, anything with fingernails, like pulling Same. up, yeah, gross, really yeah. bad. Oh, really, good. Really gross. All right. <clears throat> Next to something a little more uplifting, Please. rank this hierarchy of breakfast carbs. Ooh. This is a classic question. Great. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Waffles, French toast, or pancakes? So Wait, rank them. 
How do we arrive at these? Do, do people forget that we're a hardcore podcast? What just happened? This is Mike. He knows he's, he adds spice to the flavor. And we usually yeah. end with this. Yeah. Okay. We're just starting we're off because we need some, we need that okay. positive. We'll energy. keep it loose. Sure. Um, I thought we've done this. Haven't we? I, th- I really like pancakes. I feel like uh, I ask every person I've met in my whole life this question. So yeah, I'm a pancake guy followed by a waffle guy followed by a French toast guy. Yeah, um, I tend to agree with Pat. Yeah. There you I go. am. What kind of French toast are we talking though? Well, you can do. Like I am, I am, I am French toast, waffles, pancakes. French toast has the most variety. I, as I, I think I've mentioned here, I do croissant French toast. That's well, I've had that. Very good. Um, also, Pat, I, when I was in Miami, I had the fanciest vegan bakery I've ever been to in my life, and they had very, very good croissants. Um, <laughs> waffles are my favorite if it's just one item. But you can get a French toast is safer. Lower floor on French toast, higher ceiling on waffles. Pancakes has the lowest floor and it's not close. But a really good pancake can be great. I'm just the average pancake is fucking garb. And and the average on pancakes sucks. Like like you risk like you're at a shit diner. French toast is safe. Pancake might might be like eating a ruin your night. Yes, correct. All right. I'm 38, and I think my earliest memory is from like 10 years old. My, is my memory trash, or are motherfuckers <laughs> lying when they say they remember something really young? How old slash what is your earliest memory? So let's do it in three parts. Well, two parts really. Um, what what is your earliest memory from? Like when is when is your earliest memory? Can you remember? I do not yeah, I mean, trust. Think... Sorry, go on, Tom. No, go ahead, Pat. Sorry. I was going to say I don't trust memory they did some study where they like essentially convinced people that they had been lost in a supermarket as a child and 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 gave them very specific things that happened during that so it wasn't just a general i got lost in a supermarket uh, sort of very common experience but they tied it to to you know things specifics details and some insane amount of people could be convinced of things that didn't happen to them. Yeah. It's like a memory. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and you hear about that, about people, you know, have history like of molestation and stuff. And like when they go back into it, they're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe, I, I mean, know, it's, like, so it's crazy. Be yes, because it's crazy. You can unlock a memory you didn't know you had, and you can also have one implanted in you. So it's memory is, really dicey to me. I, I, I spent the last three days refusing to look it up, a name that I have known. What year did you become aware of the man Joe Torrey? 80s, probably 83. I mean, yeah, let's say, let's say like 1990. Yeah, okay. That would be about for me. Would you say it's fair? Uh, I mean, that then that, it, I don't even need to say it. It's the majority of all of our yeah. lives yes, we've yes. known who Joe Torrey is. <laughs> yes. Now, I straight up was having a conversation and I mentioned to him in conversation earlier this year for a long discussion and for the last three days I could not remember Joe Torrey's name and I was thinking oh there's something wrong with my brain I'm losing I'm losing my memory I should look into this and I've I have felt recently that I'm getting slower and slower a lot of people are reporting Mm. that they are uh their cognitive abilities are going down during the pandemic right like got stimulated Yes. Yeah, precisely. And and I, I really, I had never really felt that because uh, we joke about it, but I'm not the most, you know, I'm not going to dinner parties. I'm not the most social guy. And 
it really hit me the other day where I was like struggling with something that I've known for legitimately <laughs> the majority of my life. Like that's crazy. Yeah, there's only so much space. You Joe Tory went to the back of the fucking memory bank and some new bullshit that you learn. You learn something okay. new every day, right? You go to Wikipedia every fucking day, right? I do. <laughs> so there's a hierarchy. So you're like, you know, Joe Tory. I mean, that happens. Who, you know, I fucking go. What's the word I'm thinking of? And that's like, sure. oh, that's like a, a word that I use every day. That I just it just flew out of my head. Okay, so so Patrick, uh, let's. I'm going to give you a second to think about what your first memory, you, earliest memory you can recall with some vividness. Uh, Tom, what is the earliest one you can recall? Yeah, I mean, I think people that are like, when I was one and a half, that's bullshit. I, yes. I was probably like three and a half, four. Yep, that's um, about right. Yes, traveling back. I remember, like, I had I was like a sick little kid, mm. like like heart problems and shit. So like, mm. I remember going back and forth, like taking the bus to like uh, like an outpatient, like a hospital to get oh. like fucking checked out and shit. So it's pretty traumatic. But like, yeah, I remember. remember the bus ride. Yeah, yeah, I definitely and like us being like I get a fucking matchbox car every time they have to give me like a fucking, you know, a test. Nice. So I remember that. That's, That's real. Cool. That's that cool. That's not fake. Yeah. No. No, right. Uh for me, I have uh it's like flashpoint stuff. Um, me and Mike have actually talked about this before. Uh I have very vivid flashes from that time frame three four earliest yeah. you know like anything before that's not real um no yeah there's no way as a parent like there's just there's no memory of that time for children um but the flashpoint like i remember being at walt disneyland in anaheim and my dad chasing um captain hook around <laughs> uh yeah like i can i i when i went to the park several years ago with easton i could go here is where that happened um I also remember going to the Denver Zoo. I remember some pretty good stuff from that four-year-old. I remember going to the Denver Zoo with my mom because I got a dark side DC figure and he had a little red thing on the top of his head. So if you get the light in it the right way, his eyes would shine. And so I had that figure with me the entire time I was at the zoo because my mom had bought that for me. And I think she was like, low-key mad that she got me this toy and then we went to the zoo and I couldn't care less about any of the animals. I just wanted to play with this toy in the sun. So, uh, Patrick, your earliest memory. So, uh, there's, as you guys pointed out, there's, there's faulty ones because they could just be suggestions that your parents said, oh, and because the one for me is I remember my grandmother bathing me and my grandmother was a rough woman and like it, it just her bathing me so hard that I was crying. But like, mm. there's almost no chance that I actually remember that unless she bathed me when I was 12, which I don't think is likely. Probably so, not. Uh, the, 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 but so one memory that was not implanted in my brain because I've never heard anybody discuss it. Now this doesn't mean that I'm getting it right, you know, it, but, but it not. means that it means that, uh, it, it is, uh, not, a suggestion, which is, uh, and bec- this stand, this probably made such an impact on me because my father is a, a, a very gentle person, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and any kind of display of uh, aggression, despite being a fairly big guy for most of my life, mm-hmm. really not on the table. Uh, but th- we had like really trash ass neighbors that got drunk, uh, mm-hmm. like the the two the two fellas that would sit on their porch all day. Uh, they got drunk and put all the neighborhood kids toys in the middle of the street in a big pile. And I remember my father stepping onto the uh, front steps and threatening to break their ass. And uh, 
<laughs> and then that's that, but no, but they've never mentioned that. And what's interesting is that I'm fairly certain the one guy was our landlord. So oh, I, I wow. should actually, I should actually ask that's, about that. That's a great question to ask. Yeah. Good. Hey, good remember ask when you question. threatened to, remember when you threatened to break our landlord's ass? Uh, could, uh, tell me more. I bet I, you got to uh, come back to us with the story because I have a feeling your pops will have a, a nice time remembering that. So um, <laughs> final question from Mike. Better Cemetery Gate song, Pantera or The Smiths? Oh, that's tough. I actually like that Pantera song quite a bit. Um, I'm going Pantera. I'll go Smiths, but it's close. Smiths, not, too, good too. not yeah. too close for me. You can't really win. <laughs> Listen, 2020, 2021, it's not. I'm, we're just talking about this. Just let's focus on the quality of the music because yes, that was like a trick question. You're like, got you. You're Nazi either way. Like, I feel like you fucked up. Yeah, You're like, neither. Thank you to Mike. All right. Uh, Chris, Chris Topher uh, emails us whack ass shit. Uh, listening to the newest at the time Patreon episode and the SSD Jolly Old St. Nick 7 which got mentioned and it made me think about awful things. Anyway, what's worse? Sorry for the PTSD we just uh, kicked yeah, up. Suffered. Awful things. What's worse? Hardcore bands writing cute songs about Santa and puppies and shitty songs about fun, i.e. good clean fun or crucial youth or... Bands who weigh 200 pounds, every member combined, talking about living a hard life, even though their parents both love them. Podcast is good. Glad Patrick finally put some respect on red roses for a blue lady. <laughs> is that um, something we were now you know for? who wrote this. Yeah, um, so the question is, what's, what, worse? what's worse? Hardcore bands writing cute songs about Santa and puppies and shit, like songs about fun and joke songs, I'm assuming, or bands... <laughs> who uh, are putting on about living a hard life, even though both their parents love them. Well, I'll say that your both your parents can love you and you can still have a hard life though. Still, yeah. Uh, it, though I will say that it definitely helps to helps going, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely helps. Um, you know what? I really I, like fun. Yeah. I, I don't like fun. That would probably win for me because the truth of the matter is whether, even if that band is cosplaying, even if it's dudes, my size talking about like whatever it, it's, I don't know everybody's interior life and I don't, I don't know what anybody's gone through. So if you tell me that you've gone through a, a horrible thing or you even kind of intone it, I just go, Oh man, sorry. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. I mean, and know. also is there a difference to it? Like, all right. So I love Murphy's law say, right. Yes. Yeah, I I was, they, they were they're the, the they're the rule breaker of fun but songs. Yeah. Are we talking about bands that are fun or write songs about fun? Oh, it's tough. I think, I think it's, that's a difference. I think they do have the song fun, but like you know, you know how like you know yeah, they literally play, have a song like, about being having fun. No, but they the Murphy's Law strikes it at a different angle. Yeah, it's like a reflection of their life experience, whereas like. <laughs> good clean fun it's like hey guys we're going to use hardcore to aspire to fun and that that's a big rub off um so i am going to say worse is songs about fun and goof songs i just don't have time for it whereas like yo there's some lightweight bands whose parents probably love them who wrote some hard riffs enough said yeah all right uh, shout out to Blue Roses for a red lady or whatever. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Kevin hits us with first time, long time. 
So I'm watching the Hellfest 2002 DVD on a relaxing Sunday, and Diecast is on. I noticed noticed the singers are wearing a combo of baggy Jenko-looking jean shorts and an official police department shirt. No no surprise. Yes, go on. Would an onstage police department shirt pass in 2021? How much Twitter controversy would it spark? And if one band in hardcore slash metal were to wear this shirt on stage, which band is most likely to wear the police department shirt? We won't Uh, won't answer that last one. Yeah, last Um, part, we're going to say... Have your pick of people who would are would do poorly on Twitter right now. Yeah, um, right. and it's not that's not flying in twenty twenty one. No, no, no. But uh, this is kind of the like, hey man, it was a different time, two thousand two for sure. Um, let's go in. Post nine eleven. Yep. That there was like a year or two where people were like, you know, America's not so bad. Yeah, it was the whole time. Yeah. But we were all blinded by the like. Hey, man. Everybody, we we just gone through something. Yeah, yeah, shit went sideways, and like you know, the tragedy uh, of that was kind yeah. of it. Really, really sucked a lot of wind out of the room. Yeah, so I don't know if he, maybe that guy is a police officer. Maybe I have no idea. That's um, a good question. Who knows? Maybe he has a. I have no fucking idea. Um, but yeah, in twenty twenty one, there's no. Unless you're going full fucking troll. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or I mean, or you're just a fucking asshole. Like that you're just like either you're doing it to be a troll or you're doing it because you're like, yeah, man, what? I like police department. I mean, look, either I, I'm way not, it's canceled. It's shitty in twenty twenty one. Yeah. I'm gonna say that there's also this third guy that like truly kind of just exists out of time. Like they they and look, yes. Cops have been lame the entire time I've been in punk, but uh, Tom's not wrong. There was an era, and I keep referring to this a lot. There's been two of them in my in my life, post 9-11. And then also uh, there was this, which had the 9-11 thing was just a general um, sort of, uh, uh, what do you call them? Like I call them municipal workers. I don't know, fucking tax paid workers, like firefighters, cops, et cetera, et cetera. There was a general like, Oh, you know, thanks, man. You know, and that was a general atmosphere. But then also, there was a spat of uh, uh, spate, spate. There was a, a there was a bunch of cops. There was there was a bunch of cops killed. Uh, I think it might be spate. Um, mm. I think spat is a fight, and a spate is a like a series. Oh, of, anyway. yeah, yes. there you go. So there was a there was a number of cops uh, shot, maybe some of you guys remember this. It was maybe like four years ago, something like that. Um, and, uh, as a person who I think I've mentioned this on the podcast, I, 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 I own something. I, I own a full graphic novel that like I worked on with another punk dude who's, you know, like, and it, it's, uh, it's about killing cops and, uh, it was pretty much unreleasable at that time. And, and now it would be very easy to release. And that's how it go. Like, it, like I, I know that we all think that cops uh, have always been despised or whatever. And yeah, that's true in punk, sure. But the general atmosphere is kind of all over the place. And I don't know the dudes in Diecast, but I'll say that kind of the vibe is uh, they had an adjacent vibe, even though they were playing metalcore shows. Um, and some of those dudes are definite like Boston hardcore kids. Oh, no doubt. But they had like a like 
Marine commercial music vibe. Yeah. 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 There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't, should I cancel myself? Yo, uh, tell your story. So Kevin is a buddy of mine from out in Seattle that asked that question. And like, and going back to, you know, that time. So like, there was like a relatively like, you know, important show in, in 2001 where <clears throat> MPB t- put together a benefit show at CB's and it was like for like the first responders and all this sort of stuff, you know, after nine 11, it was literally fucking less than a month after nine 11. Rem- remember it vividly. Yes. It was, you know, it was deal. like, yeah. Carry on death threat, like uh, hope con over my dead bodies. They were on tour. So it all kind of matched up and it was like reach the sky and ensign and, all this, you know, blood red and all this sort of stuff. And like, we played MPB headline, and like, I, I fucking, you know, like at the time, within three weeks of us knowing, not knowing what the fuck happened, I wore a fucking NYBD shirt. Cancel, that, Tom. I'm coming for you. But you know what? Like, but at the time, it was kind of like, it, it was a stupid and reactionary time. Yeah. But it was also like, I mean, we're actually, you know, we're we're donating money to first responders, like. Who like they're gonna get some of this money? Yeah, no doubt. And, and that's you know what I mean. Thing. So like, I think like you know, two thousand two is one thing. I, I would I be caught fucking? I wouldn't wear that under three shirts in twenty twenty one. Right, right. But you know what? Like at the time when we were like, it was. I felt like, and this. I mean, it was all fucking smokescreen. But at the time, we were all kind of like, maybe we can all be better. Yeah, you know what's interesting is putting it through the lens of time and thinking about it. And, you know, that's something we're fortunate enough to do. Like up until September 11th, there hadn't been an event, I think in our collective lifetimes that was so significant that it could have enabled the kind of one odd unifying effect of trauma, like tragedy. Yeah. Uh, And two, the ability for the government to really go, oh, we, how can we use this? You know, and I'm not going to get on like a real soapbox here, but it it's enabled growth in a way that um, perhaps even skeptical eyes wouldn't have looked at things like that without the experience of going through it, if that makes any sense. You know, like we needed to... Man, that sounds awful. I, I don't think we needed to, but going through that enabled a more critical lens to be applied because we had actual experience, tangible, that could be felt of all the things that happened. This kind of coming together, uh, this idea of of supporting the country, etc. And then the odd feeling of like, wait a second, maybe not though. Yeah, I mean, funny enough, like like you're saying, like so that lasted for like three weeks. People were nice to each other. Uh-huh. People said hello to each other. New York, like New York City became like a small town. Like we were, people were actually looking out for each other. The day of that show of which I speak, the uh, United States inv- invaded of Afghanistan. Mm. Right, fucking all the 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 different um, bridges were shut down. Bands that were on tour it was a fucking nightmare for them to get the CBs, all sorts of stuff. On ten seven, everything else went sideways. Then it was kind of yeah. like, oh, okay, all right. 
Like, this seems like there's more to it than that there was an attack. Yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, we're going after people that weren't really involved, for, as far as we can tell. Yeah. And also, I mean, the interceding uh, uh, 20 years will give you a... <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you a different perspective. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. And and yo, you know what? I want to say this too, because any of our listeners of Middle Eastern descent or Muslim follow, like people who listen to us who are Muslim, like yo, the blind patriotism wasn't for everyone. And I know all three of us, like yo. I remember going to work the next day. I was working in South River, which is right next to Sayreville, New Jersey. Yeah. And on the main street of Sayreville was spray painting across two lanes, kill all towel heads. Oh, yeah. There, there was some nasty stuff upstate. I and should like, also so, say that. Ugh. Sorry. I, I was no, no, no. I was just going to say that's super ugly. And it was it was like apparent right away yeah. that it was like, holy shit, this is not okay. Um, but yeah, go ahead, PK. Uh, no, I was just going to – my point is really petty. I said interceding years. It's intervening years. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah. Uh, no police shirts. We all good on that. Uh, yeah. d- d- different different times. But, yo, you know what? If somebody says different times, there should be good conversation there. You know, it shouldn't yeah, be left yeah. there. You know what I mean? Like, I actually yeah. like that as a saying – because it should expand on it. Like, yo, it can't be a stopgap to actual thought. But if you have something Explain else to say, different. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm with Explain that. Explain your thought process then as compared to now. Yeah, with it. Um, you know. A couple weeks ago, we talked about on an episode comeback records. We hit some of the obvious ones. We did get a few people. Uh, Benjamin hit us with this and was w- actually hit us in two spots because – their version of this was was interesting. I want to throw it at both of you. I think the best example is Bad Religion. Because, although I do like Into the Unknown, Suffer is Undeniable, and then the next two records. So, he's saying Bad Religion comes back from Into the Unknown. From the Void. From the Void. So, it goes, how can hell be any worse in 82? Into the Unknown comes in, out in 83. Then suffers eighty eight, no control eighty nine, against the grain ninety, and and I mean yeah, there's people who will extend that out further. Um, I would, yeah, 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 me too. I, at least one more record for me, maybe two actually. Oh, Stranger than Fiction too. Yeah, Stranger than Stranger than Fiction's uh, like for them. That's my scratch the surface for that band. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's a really good almost through gray area. Gray so, race. so if you are unfamiliar with the band Bad Religion, um, worth. Worth uh, a look, even if you think, why would I check this band out? Um, if you like punk music, if you like melodic anything, um, e- and if you even if you just like smart fast letters. stuff, it's smart for yeah. sure. It's good. Um, You'll look up stuff after <laughs> reading the lyrics. For sure. So, um, But Into the Unknown is a record that they essentially completely disowned. Uh, do e- Have either of you heard it recently or ever i mean i i remember finding it when in the early days of soul seek and being like oh i've been wanting to hear this forever and then immediately being like oh it's like lukewarm kind of foray into a more new wavy sound that just failed kind of yeah like failed pretty badly 
Um, you know what I I, I did mm-hmm. probably in the last like two or three years because when Morgan and I went to go see Jawbreaker in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Thank you to John, our, our listener. Um, and they covered a song from that record. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Blake's like, we're going to do a Bad Religion song. Me and Morgana were like, what the fuck? And then they covered it. I was like, I don't even know what the song is. I don't even know that song. Then <laughs> I went back listening. I was like, oh, okay. You know, like, this is not – if I was a fucking punker, you know, in, in 1983, I'd be yeah. like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Under genres here, I'll just give it to you easy. Progressive rock, so it's prog rock, hard rock, new wave, synth pop. I don't see punk in there once, and that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, some l- song tracks. Oh, man, there's a seven-minute song on here. Yeah, anyways. Um, how do you feel about that being considered a them having a suffer being a comeback record? Count it. And if it counts, then that's the record that I, I won't say it's it it is the bad religion record but it's uh, but but as our lis- as our friend and often listener mac will point out is that they have an album for every era of listener so yeah. it, so it's difficult yeah. to it's difficult to say that they have a comeback record but yeah when you're in the toilet and you've got a record that you completely disavow and you come back with uh, what becomes a, a modern classic yeah, yep. com- it's a strong comeback. And and five year break, which I believe is their longest break in music uh up until sure. let's see here. Let me give you this. How could hell be any worse is eighty two, into the unknown is eighty three, suffer is eighty eight, no control eighty nine, against the grain ninety, generator ninety two, damn. Recipe for Hate, 93, Stranger Than Fiction, 94, Grey Race, 96. This is where I fall off. Uh, no Substance, 98, New America, 2000, Process of Belief, 02, Empire Strikes First, 04, New Maps of Hell, 07, Descent of Man, 2010, True North, 2013, Age of Unreason, 2019. So that was their longest gap, was 2013 to 2019. But the break from Into the Unknown to Suffer is right there and was earlier. So we're I think we're officially counting this. Yeah. And and it's a strong pick. So shout out Ben. That's a great Benjamin. Sorry, that's a great one. Um, okay. What about Warzone? So we would say that when we say the, the return from the bullet, bullet hole, hole which what's the so it goes. Don't forget the struggle. Open your Open eyes. Your eyes. War zone. Bullet hole. And then what's the record after that? The uh, old school to new school. Or is that a? Yeah, that's like that's like that's re-recording of old songs. But let me think. Um, it's probably the sound of revolution. It's sound of revolution. I don't know. Which is seven years later. It's seven years later, it's not Under, as good uh, as Suffer. Uh, no, no, uh, no, no, nowhere close. But, but it's but way it, better than Bullet Hole. It is. Yeah, way and it's, than under, it's underrated. Actually, uh, it, it kind of. This is. Oh, and, and you could count. Yeah, you could count the songs from their split with Cause for Alarm. I think Patrick, yeah. you like that a lot. Oh wait, I do. Old and, school to new school. Hmm. Interesting. So, so this is actually for anybody that uh, for our listeners who write off Warzone as just like, as a historical novelty that is kind of of interest because they were around, but you're not into the music. I'm not crazy about the music either, even though they made like a, a difference in my life because of when I saw them. Uh, that um, th- that come the record that we're talking about as a comeback is actually maybe the best music, you know, purely music that they created. So, a thing to consider. Yeah, um, and you know, uh, Lower East Side was the re-recording, obviously, and then Old School to New School. 
did have new songs on it. So maybe we, we that's that can be put on our list of things to to listen to at some point. Um all right. D9. Zach hit us and says, Hey fellas, keep pumping out the content. It's keeping me sane. Thank you, Zach. Anyways, you. listening to District Nine this afternoon. Good why choice. is there not more discourse around this band? Their music that incorporates rhythmic flow and heaviness, not to mention their style and onstage presence, would seem to be so influential on hardcore of today. But for some reason, they're rarely mentioned. Any thoughts on D9? Thanks, Zach. They never toured. Okay. Yep. Number one, I think, and I could be wrong, and mm-hmm. if you know, if anybody wants to chime in from the band, I feel like Regulate oh. is really influenced by District 9. 150%, sure. yes. Like that kind of like groovy mosh part mm-hmm. that like District 9 kind of did. I think Regulate also kind of does. Um, I mean, they weren't around for very long. And like they didn't tour. In New York in, in the 90s, like they weren't a big band by any means. They got bigger once Mike joined Scarhead to me. Yeah. And I think they get kind of, you know. They had great musicians in the band, but it just kind of like, you know, if you're only playing, say, like the Northeast, like, I don't know if they ever made it like to Florida or to California. I don't know if they made yeah. it anywhere out there, maybe after the reu- the reunions and stuff, but not in the original times. They were like, play, you know, Coney Island High every couple of months kind of deal. I said that I heard more talk about D9. Now, it isn't right now, but like in the seven to 10 years ago range. Yep. Than I had at any time when they were like an active band. Um, yeah, that's I mean, a big fact. Maybe this is hardcore and got a big reaction. Like I, they played yeah. some fest and did well. Like they did well, you know. Yeah, no, and I, I think I, I went and re- did a hard re-listening to the D nine discography within the last year and found myself more in tune with it than I had been uh, at good. the time. Yeah, there's definitely parts. There's definitely it's some cool. parts to it. Exactly what you're saying. There's there is a real rhythm to the movement of the the songs. Yeah, the, the drummer Ray Green was insane. A lot of personality in the band. I see why it's so attractive. Um, yeah, I, I think there is a good amount. I'm wondering if maybe because of the volume of it, that time frame when it was, that it's it's kind of fallen to the back, and maybe it needs to be. It like got overcorrected. Like it was like, whoa. Too many people are talking about this to now. No one's talking about it. It's like, no, 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 no. It deserves some time and attention. It definitely does. Is it in my top 10 NYH? Is it in my top 10 NYH? No way. No. But is it good? Yeah, for sure. Could I see it being in someone's? Absolutely. So, but I mean, I feel like there's a lot of bands around that time that's kind of like, I'm surprised that, you know, like we, in the we, late 90s that were like, you know, maybe a thing like Fahrenheit. I mean, yeah. Fahrenheit 451, right? Yep. B- big band had like, Tons of stuff going on in the nineties. Yep, did a reunion in 05. You know, played played CBS with like the Killer and Billy Club. I mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. it was sold out. It was cool. It was fun as fuck. Played like maybe one or two other shows. One at Vitus, and like, I mean, as I mean, they were a very good band. Very, very good band. Very good live band. Yeah, that like name me someone under thirty five that would would bring them up, which is crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm also not under 35, so that makes sense. But, like, I mean, people that jock burn and all that sort of stuff, like, dude. It's not a million miles off. Yeah. A full discography that can supplement your burn love. Oh, you know what's interesting? D9 doesn't sound like burn. But if you no. like burn and you're looking yes. for something else from New York, 
Yes. District 9 is not a terrible direction to go. Uh, Fahrenheit 451 is a lot closer to the source. But, but yeah, like, D9 both those is things like, are cool. D9 is more way like a, washier. Way washier. You know what? Someone said that that they were going for killing time, like raw deal. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I, Listen, I didn't hear that. I, I would just say if you're if you're a Crown of Thorns fan, you could really enjoy yep. District Nine. I mean, that's probably uh-huh, obvious, absolutely. but 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 that's like if you're in if you're in that like uh, like Iceman, uh, uh, yes. Crown of Thorns, like it, it, then District Dynamo, Nine should if, yeah should one hundred percent be in your lane. Here's what I think is going to do it. You know how uh, for a long time uh, and still, uh, uh, Colin and Taylor Young w- would push things on the West Coast. At, at sure, these are. These are musicians that people like and also value their crate digging skills, right? Like, so yes. we've talked about how they've <clears throat> kind of like got hooked on the Troy core stuff and really like turned a whole generation of people onto like rather at that point, obscure, uh, uh regional phenomena. I sort of, like I like, I, uh, yeah, like dying breed. I saw somebody listening to yeah, dying I mean, breed. Like, yeah. yeah uh, somebody was posting dying breed on, on social media the other day. And I was like, if you told me as a kid that cutthroat and dying breed were going to be like, <laughs> right. like Stigmata yeah. makes sense. Stigmata was a worldwide band. Yeah. They, yes, toured, I, they played Europe. Like that makes sense. Like dying breed was strictly very regional you know, phenomenon, very yeah, local phenomenon, very yeah. regional. Yes. Uh, but, but I see the, uh, uh, the, the circle around the, the hangman dudes in long Island. Mm-hmm. I see them picking up the same energy. Uh, same energy on the East coast that the, that the youngs had on the West coast, which is, Hey, we're going to let you know what we like. You, you know what I mean? And I think that that's a, a very cool energy. Now, some of you are going to be pissed off because you know, when the, when the youngs are like, Hey, everybody, Troy core, Troy core. If you hate Troy core, you hate the youngs for two years. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that, <laughs> and I'm sure that, that Troy, I'm sure okay. that, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure the hangman kids are going to get the same shit, but like, you know, like, look, everybody, whether you like it or not, or or fuck it, uh, uh, Isaac, Dude, King uh, Nine, everybody gets hurt. Oh no, for sure. That's that's an interesting fucking thing that happened. We don't talk they about that them more yes. than anybody. Yes, that's an interesting phenomenon. But I was gonna say, uh, Isaac of uh, Inclination and and uh, Knock Loose, Knock Loose. Uh, l- w- what he what he makes it clear he loves because people respect his work. They go and check it out. You know what I mean? And, Absolutely. And, and, and that, like, for all, it's, we should really have a conversation sometimes on uh, sometime uh, about the na- the word scenester. I think maybe we have. Like, it, it is mm-hmm, a dead mm-hmm. word, dead yes. word. But w- but was a thing when we were kids, right? It's a kin- it's an influencer. Yes, exactly right. And there's always going to be people that hate the fucking influencer because they don't like the influence. But at the same time. This is how ideas are are propagated. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like, or, or proliferated. They, they, it is, uh, hey, everybody, I want you to check out this thing I'm enjoying the hell out of. Oh, coincidentally, we respect this guy. Maybe we should check it out. Done deal. Then everybody is up to the, they, it's up to them to make up their own minds if they like it or not. But that shit is cool to me. So, I, uh, uh, I, I my, but the reason I brought up the hangman guys is because I guarantee that district nine is in their purview. <laughs> oh, you know I mean? oh, no question. <laughs> Yo, for sure. Yo, so and, he, question, question for you guys both on that. And it maybe is a topic for another time. I think we all acknowledge like the, the band, the people who wear their influences on their sleeve are doing a great benefit to the things they love, the bands they love, as well as, you know, 
the list, the audience who is checking out these things because they're, like you said, proliferating this, propagating this to others, right? Yeah. I believe the way that's done changes as you get older and through hardcore, et cetera, et cetera. Like, yo, the Youngs, however long ago, uh, the guys from Hangman are a good example. Yo, you're, you're heydaying right now. You you should wear that. TUI is a great example. Like great example. Crown of Thorns. Uh, I mean, Crown of Thorns. Max Penn. All these things. They big up. Uh, breakdown to people who didn't know break. You know, like they hold, hold on. Mental uh, with super touch. Mental with super touch. It's, so much. Tom might like Tom might have a different view of this, but Max Penn was completely off the radar for a number of years. It and was then, borderline. So I picked them up and then Reaper put them out. That's right. Yeah. Borderline, borderline relegated to demo core, despite the fact that they had more material than demo core. Um, yeah, they were, they were a, a band that it's like, I, I love them from, from get like, well, yeah. when, since I first started hearing them, but they were not on the fucking tongues of every younger hardcore person. No. But I think TUI did like a run with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, they just big up them. They said, "Yo, this is right. this is the shit." And wearing their shirts and shit, and then Reaper putting out that LP. Yep, it made a huge difference for them. So, so I think that when you're ascending or you're on top and you're like young, hitting your stride, like, yo, wear your influences loudly and proudly as you can. Haters be fucking damned. Let people know what you love. It's fucking cool. Yeah. I also yeah. keep that same energy as you get older. However the way and maybe how puffed out your chest is about it should change just in the, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so anyways, we can get into that later at a different time, right. and but even for, go ahead. Yeah. For older folks too, I think it's dangerous because like, I think, and we all do this. Mm-hmm. We're all guilty of it. We have to be careful with it. Is that we go that bit, that bit really? Sure. I'm not saying in any band in general, but no, like no. a band that's like, I saw them 27 times. In the five years that they're around, and yeah. like they, no one ever gave a the fuck. People in their town headlining. didn't know who they were. Come on, yes, right. and I, but like, I, hang back on that too. Yeah, I think here's the thing. I think, and our listeners can let us know if I'm totally off base. I think we do a decent job of telling it square. Like, hey, listen, that band was not that wasn't a going concern at the time, everybody, but not putting the extra like sort of disrespect. <laughs> There's, you know, so I, I will say that I think we, we, and I'll, I'll speak for myself. I, I try to tell my truth on that, but also reserve that disrespect. Try not to put that out there because it's like, yo, that changes. I think it's one of the craziest things. I don't know that I ever anticipated this, but maybe it just shows that we all could be smarter than we think we are. Uh, yo, I never really put together that a band could get more popular, more po- more popular, and more influential posthumously until I got older and started seeing it and going, "Oh, that that makes sense." And then realizing, like, no doofus, like, yeah, you love Dagnasty. Guess what? When Dagnasty was around, some people liked them, other people didn't care, and they were kind of here and there, and that was it. And then, you know, fast forward 10 years and they were this influential band because a small group of other people really picked up on it. You know what I mean? And Yeah. I mean, Judge wasn't selling out the fucking Ritz two nights in a row when they were around. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know what but I mean? There's so many GB, examples of that. Of there's so many examples yeah. of bands who get bigger in 
uh, posthumously the than they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, definitely something to keep in mind and probably some good fodder for future episodes. Um, okay. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. Well, hey friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the one-hit thunder or nothing more than a one-hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Michael hits us up. Hey guys, long-time listener, first-time question asker. If you've listened to this podcast for over 100 episodes, we want a question. Hit us. Let's go. Mm. We all know that hardcore has no shortage of great seven-inch EPs throughout its history. I'm curious, what are your favorite two-song hardcore singles? Some classic favorites of mine include Bad Brains, Pay to Come, Back to Us, Stay Close to Me, Gang Green, Sold Out, Terrorize, and Slapshot, Same Mistake, Might Makes Right. Outside of the realm of hardcore, the jam Town Called Malice slash Precious single was one of the first records I ever owned and remains a sentimental favorite. Thanks for the podcast. Always made my work week go by easier. Michael, thank you. Thank you. Uh, two song singles, guys. I would I would co-sign the Bad Brains one. 100%. Clearly. Um, I'm looking. You know what one of mine might be? like, Which I might get frowned upon on this podcast. Mm. The Gray 7-inch by Strife. No, oh, you won't. It, it, that's it's, t- that's it's Patrick's favorite best material. material. Yeah, yeah, it's their best material by far. To an end in gray, okay. two song seven inch, pretty fucking incredible. Yeah, it's really good. I'm trying to think of other two song seven inch. Uh, I feel like those are rare. For me, Fear, I Love Living in the City, back to Now You're okay. Dead, mostly because yeah. I love the song I Love Living in the City. Ah, no. <laughs> Fear the album. Low such key, a fun record. Such a fun record. If you've overlooked by hardcore, super super overlooked. Uh, there's some weird con- like controversial lyrics. Ba, 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 ba. Yo, yeah. the song "Let's Have a War" 
Um, right. I don't care about Before. you. New York's all right. Yeah, if you that's, that's the song. I don't care about you. I, oh my me. God. Huge. Um, oozing personality. Great to hear uh, the fear record. I, I love it. I don't think it, the, the record just doesn't get the, the attention it deserves. So let's have a war. Uh, I don't care about you. Jesus. And, uh, give me some, there's just a lot of great songs on here. Living in the cities on that, right? Uh huh. That's what made me think of it. But yeah, I like the single. The single's great. I'm trying. Singles are something like 75. Um, singles are funny because for a lot of hardcore, it was so fast that it was like, Oh, you're going to put like a one and a half minute song on one side and a one minute song on the other. Fuck. Right. Okay. I'm trying to think what, all the ones that stand out, I can't really. Fuck. Did he? He said slapshot. He said uh, he said the slapshot. Same mistake, and might make strike that one. That's really I'll back that me. one in a heartbeat. Also, uh, the, that's like the great imagery was on that from one first. I think the uh, yes, the, it's the, so good. The, the mask imagery. Yes, uh, the gangrene single sold out. Maybe my favorite gangrene song. Um, gangrene. Okay, again here, Bob going in the corner. If you like Boston hardcore and. For whatever reason, Gangrene didn't click with you. Um, you need to seek out the material. Let me pull it up here. There's a collection. It's called Another Wasted Night, and that kind of collects the Skate to Hell single and some other stuff. And I think that's their best record. Yeah, I think that's that's the one. Um, yeah, their singles are better than any of their other material. They got. A good amount of stuff, but sold out's my favorite of all their singles. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, two song singles, uh, uh, a rare art in hardcore. Next question. Yeah, that's tough. Like I, I can't like. I haven't listened to the seven inches that, in such a long time that they've probably become part of a comp that I listen to far more often. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So none, none that like. Oh. So I mean, and it's like that cough cool. Oh fuck! Like, I love it. We're not getting that. Oh uh, <laughs> yo, I know the song from it. Uh, uh, it. Yeah, that's right. The, the cough cool single again. That that song I've had conversations with friends about in terms of it's so weird and like you could not like any other misfit songs, and I still would ask you to put on cough cool because it's such a weird, eerie song. It's almost more like proto new wavy. Than it is like a like misfit song. So, uh, keeping on uh, choke related items, uh, the mm. last rights uh, chunks oh, slash so ends yeah. our night. Uh, yeah, that's, not that's my favorite. I go on record. This is not my favorite stuff. I don't uh, like. It's recorded so poorly that I almost can't hang. But uh, it's still lit. You know. Um, shout out! Fucked up did a bunch of singles. Um, of them, my favorite is baiting the public. Uh, police singles really good for sure yeah baiting the public is just a great song um litany is pretty good but baiting the public's by far my favorite okay um what if i mean i think it's weird too right because it's like in hardcore like they're not singles no right very like it's a seven inch so it's an ep like yes you know as kids we bought like a seven inch single Mm -hmm. which is a definitive the singles on side a the a side and and then then the B B side yep and that's it. B side could be track nine on the record. It could be a record that, that's a song that's not on anything else. But I feel like in, in hardcore, like probably because everyone was poor and cheap and all that stuff, we're like, if we get fourteen minutes on this record, we're going to get as close to fourteen minutes as we can on this record. One hundred percent. And and yo, short songs they just didn't totally make sense on singles. Yeah. So it was sort of like honestly, even even when it was done in the early eighties, there was a little bit of a like. 
this is an indulgence. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. Like they knew. Almost yeah, we, yeah, we we're putting two minutes on a side of a record when we have uh, another five minutes to work with if we wanted. Great question. Sam asks, hey, Grinders, thought of this the other day. If you ever do another what if, I got to say as a DC kid, I'm more partial to Elseworlds, but whatever mm, style episode, okay. it might be an interesting one to talk through. What if Husker Du stayed a hardcore band? And in the same vein, what if the replacements, instead of broadening their sound after Stink, doubled down into hardcore? Would the Twin Cities have become a big northern fortress of punk and hardcore instead of just a distant outpost? Or, and maybe this is too much of a bummer, would more members of each band have just ended up dying too young to make a lasting impact? Thanks, Sam. Yo, that email ended really dark. Oof. Um, Damn, that took a turn. But okay. What uh, I was like... What did he say? Yeah. What did he no, say? No. What do we say? The What do we say? The last. Uh, when, in his view, I wonder, does Husker do become not? Because everything I mean, falls apart is some of their best material, in my view, and that's uh, I would call, I would catch it or I would count it. You know. So yeah, I think I think it's after there. I think let's see. So Zen so Zen Arcade Zen Arcade loses it. I think. I mean, yeah, Zen okay. Arcade Candy Apple Gray Candy and like yo, some of my favorite songs are in Candy Apple Gray, and that's way late. But I still, still think they, they mixed it up. I think the replacements, there was a clear delineation of like full time garage rock band. I don't think you're wrong. I think the replacements went much further afield sooner. I think, let's see, flip your wig. Yeah, no, Husker Du still had some rudiments of hardcore in their structures. But let's say they kept it much closer to the land speed record stuff or everything that falls apart stuff like kept it in that pocket um do we think so i mean the real question is would minnesota have become a more of a a hub of hardcore hard to say i gotta say possibly um i would say probably not oh please go i mean i just think that like who's gonna do and and the replacements like the replacements are known for like fucking can't hardly wait and fucking, you know, uh, here comes a regular or fucking bastards of young or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they're not known for their like faster, like snotty punk songs. No. So like, I don't think they become the legends. I think they're, I think we talk about them. Like they go, like when people go like, did you know, you know, the bass player from guns and roses was in the forts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you would have put them there. Although they're on SST. So it does kind of help. Yeah. No, I, I don't, I think I think both these bands, their trajectory out of hardcore is what made them notable. They were good. And Everything Falls Apart maybe is my favorite Who's Could Do record. Oh, man, it's tough. Um, I mean, we're also forgetting about Soul Asylum. Well, so yeah, I think... Also a Minnesota punk band. I think their move into the alt-rock, like indie, broader spectrum... Is what made these bands interesting. Um, yes, it could have changed things. I think that in reality, these their trajectory, both the replacements and Husker Du, isn't that different than many of the other first wave hardcore bands, where it's like, yeah, well, Negative Approach didn't stay together, but like, dude went and did Laughing Hyenas, and you know, like Deep Wound didn't stick together, dudes went and did Dinosaur Junior, you know, and. Um, all these bands kind of, you know, 
minus red doesn't stay together. They end up doing, you know, Ian goes to do Fugazi a few years later. So I think right, it's, but yeah, none of those bands had Bob Mould or Paul Westerberg as songwriter. Yeah. And, and I mean, but, so here's the question. I mean, they were able to go like, I don't know if, if, if any of those, you know, is Greg Ginn as, as writing a fucking song that could, you know, a yeah. pop song that could touch Paul Westerberg? Well, not. well, and to flip it, are would Paul Westerberg and Bob Mould, as talented as they are, would they be able to stay in the pocket of hardcore and write Ragers? Or would they inevitably, like, clearly get bored of this shit and evolve their musical style and be like, all right, enough of this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I- I think they'd get bored and, and, and do what they did. Yeah. So so the other thing is, shout out to Minneapolis and St. Paul, uh, especially Minneapolis, but Twin Cities. They got a banging crust scene. I don't know if it still exists today, but like that was a hub. And shout out to Havoc Records. They were like the thing. Profane existence, you know. Shout out to Harvest and Sunset. Yeah. Like the, the, still going. Yeah. Minnesota, Minneapolis. It, they had a lot of good shit. Yo. I've never been to Minnesota, by the oh, way. Oh, yo, you should go. Uh, How ridiculous is that? We never played Minneapolis ever. If you guys want to be tripped out by something that tripped me, this is one of my one of my, uh, my Google searches, things I learned this month. Um, look up the angle in Minnesota. It's a piece of Canada. It's a. It's basically a piece of Canada that, due to some really weird, um, like. <clears throat> misunderstanding of the way they wrote about the 45th parallel i think it is yeah um which is the line that does uh um, 49th 49th sorry parallel that is the entire northern border of you know 70 percent of the u.s uh that it's this piece of canada that's actually part of minnesota yeah it and essentially it, makes it it, it it makes like a weird uh I forget what you call what, what do you call those when it's, it's uh, non-contiguous. It's um, uh, oh, p- practical exclave. Yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh, I was right on the tip of my tongue. Practical. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could have spent a month getting. I couldn't get Joe Tory. So yo, so so up. yo. I, I mean, I just looked. It blew my mind as a map person. But uh, the northwest angle. Wow. Yeah. Yo, and also, I've never been up there. I've been told there's a big state park up there that I really want to go to. Um, and I, I bet when you're that far up, like, I, uh, what's that? I bet the mosquitoes are insane. Yo, when I drove through Southern, like I drove on 90, which is at the bottom of Minnesota. We drove through a bug storm that sounded like I was driving through pouring rain, like windshield wipers yeah, on disgusting. swiping wow. bugs. It was crazy. Um, and that was last summer. Even there, which is the bottom of the state like i'm i'm probably i was probably 90 miles to, or more south of minneapolis like you feel like you're way the fuck up there like that is that is in parallel that is in parallel to like glens falls or something it's way up and it goes even further so shout out to minnesota it would have been a northern fortress man i like that term too that would have been a good Northern Fortress. That's uh, somebody started dark Minneapolis punk band named that. Right. Like a darkened crust band. Yeah. All right. We got, no, not that one. I've got a good email with a bunch of random um, questions. Okay. Uh, this isn't one, but Jamie hit us. What's more refreshing? A New York hardcore band that doesn't have an NYC hardcore sound or a band that is not from New York City that plays 
New York's hardcore. The the former. I would yeah, I would say the New York band it doesn't sound like a New York hardcore band. I, I think I mean they exist for sure, but uh for sure. at <clears throat> but none of them jump to my mind playing in the You're current moment. Podcast with one, bro. No, but playing playing in the current moment, I oh, think Oh, in the current moment, sure. It, it, uh, it is like incendiary? Sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Uh uh, well, you know what, Bob? That's interesting because you went to that, which is true. But I was really looking for example in my mind. I thought, you know, like uh, Black Train Jack or so, 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 something oh, that okay. like uh, yeah, yeah. something crime stereo, crime and stereo, perfect. So, something lighter. I was thinking like what what has that type of because certainly New York has done that and can do that. But I think that the bands that might be out there right now of that type don't claim or haven't necessarily an interest in claiming New York hardcore, you know? So I'm sure that they're out there. They're just, their affiliations are just very different. Sure. Yo, shout out to Warthog. Actually, there's a good New York hardcore band. Boom. that's Like more way punk, you know, and that's cool, Sick. but still like yeah. raging hardcore. All right. Yes. Uh, question for the fellas, Justin from Gainesville X Nashville, which informs the questions. How long do you have to... He's got seven. One, how long do you have to live somewhere to build your band as from that location? Example, I'm in a band in Nashville, but we're mostly from Gainesville. When we play out, should we say we're from Nashville or admit we're fl- Floridians? Uh, do you want my answer? Well, it depends on what kind of music, too. It, it, yeah, and it depends on if you're bigger than the people in your town. If you're bigger than the people <laughs> in your town, then just say it day one. You know, I'm just like, fuck it. What are they going to do? Right, if you're going for like hot water music, like throw beer at people music, <laughs> you're from Gainesville. Um, no, but I mean, I, you know what? I always – it's weird. This is a very tough and triggering question for me. Yeah. Because as a New lifelong Yorker. New Yorker, mm-hmm. I take umbrage at people that are like, you guys aren't actually from here. Yeah, and like you, you call yourself New York hardcore, but like, literally nobody here was is actually from New York. Yeah, like to the ninety ninth percentile. Right. So, I, to me, I New York hardcore is very protective of itself. I think to a point for sure. But like, I don't know if like if you were you know four out of five folks in your band are from from Gainesville, and you're like, hey, we're a Nashville hardcore band. I don't know if like. Someone's going to be like, hey, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. How dare not, you? Not to get into stuff we can't talk about, but I think it's happened on a couple occasions where uh, people have, I don't want to say gotten a visit, but uh, people have been informed uh, by locals that that's Please not don't the, do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> and so, uh, like I said, this is why, it, you know, like, you know, re- reserving dirt naps can say where they're from wherever they fucking want to say they're from. You know what I mean? But there's, if you're my size, uh, you might have to be uh, the traveling Wilburys of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, here's. Yeah, so, like, where does Drug Church say they're from? Fucking. Uh, we, all of our press says we're from upstate New York. Uh, Are you, though? I mean. Uh, not now, but. What, not now. Four or five of us are from upstate New York. We got one Connecticut head. Shout out uh, Connecticut Hardcore, although he's like a ska dude. Um, uh, although he, although he he uh, worked at Connecticut Hardcore, Connecticut ska. It's like the same thing. So whatever. Same thing. Yeah, you know I mean, he's I'm he's seen, he's seen death threat. It counts. Whatever. So. <clears throat> uh, and what about what about um? I mean, do you ever say like, "Hey, we're self defense family from"? No. No more. Uh, uh, no. Self defense has man? been the diaspora. 
diaspora of self defense is, yeah. is is uh, prolific from day one it's almost. Extreme. Yeah, yeah. Uh, might as well be where self defense from New Mexico. Yeah, for a while that's where the majority of us, not majority of us, that's where more than one of us lived. So that counted. <laughs> what's that's, the, that's a majority. What's the cutoff? Five years? You got to live in a town to be able to claim? No, I, I got to say this. I think five years is the New York cutoff. New York City. Okay, that's fair. If you, and I, I say this with all the love in my heart. I say this as someone who, when asked by my significant other, where do you want to go for vacation? I have answered Indianapolis, Columbus. I don't know. Wherever. It doesn't matter. Cincinnati. Let's go. If you live in a prestige city, New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, the Bay kind of area. Yeah. Uh, five years. If you're in a secondary prestige. Two, two months in Indianapolis. Secondary prestige, Boston, Philly, Pacific Northwest, uh, Texas, because damn, are they protective of it. Put yourself a little more in the three-year range. Like like set roots. I want to say just about everywhere else, uh, even big cities, even Phoenix, Denver, um, you know, uh, Chicago is in a top tier, uh, top or second tier prestige city, so three to five. But but almost anywhere else in the U.S., including Nashville, you live there, your zip codes there, you form the band in that city. You can they say it. You. you can say it. Yeah, hundred yeah. uh, percent. No, I think. Yeah, I think. I think that's a fair way to look at it. Because it's not because like you're means- swagger jacking. You're not trying to borrow some of the cachet of saying, "Hey, no. we're a New York band." You're like, "Hey, we're a Nashville band." That's cool because right. we all live in Nashville. All right, cool. I mean, if it was, if I was like, if I was like, you know what, I'm going to start a country band, and I moved from Brooklyn to Nashville. Yeah, I'm jacking the Nashville style. Well, yes. Yeah, I mean, I can't be like, "Hey, we're fucking." Tom Sheen and the fucking Sheridans or whatever. <laughs> whatever the fuck. You know what though? If and you said like, you were Brooklyn Tennessee. Brooklyn Tom and the country rockers from Nashville, sure. I think it'd be okay because you're like citing it up front. But no, you're you're totally right. The style matters. I mean, when I moved to Ocean Grove and people would be like, ah, oh, sure, of course, Sheen. I did not feel comfortable taking that mantle. <laughs> well because I wasn't like beat in, like Ken's or whoever didn't beat me in. <laughs> so I felt weird about being sure of course Sheen. Uh, I'll say this at the shore. It's a more secondary market. We're good. We, you you live down here. You enjoy the boardwalk for a while. You like had some it. good ice cream. We're good. You can yeah. down with the shore. When, when right, you're at the shore, your family. Yeah, That's fucking it. Olive like Garden. The Olive Garden yeah. of the yeah, um, Jersey. <laughs> yeah, no joke. On a long yeah, number two. On a long drive with friends, and the conversations burned out a bit. Do you put on podcasts or music? Music podcasts never go because people are waiting for the funny. It's annoying. Yeah, I would go music. Something that you all know. Oh, there's the yeah. key. Music. Uh, Nothing though, trying to impress. Yeah. No, yes. Music. Just yeah, have don't a, be like, you. have you checked out the new no. deleted single from fucking so and so? You put on a fucking, put on a goddamn Get Up Kids record and you can fucking hit 70. Tried and true. Uh, podcast. If it's a podcast that everyone there likes, enjoys, can be a really fun experience to do a talk over. So yeah, and if it's like interactive and it's not yeah, just like, but 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 it, the, I think the we might be a good podcast to throw on. Uh, and you argue with your friends while we argue with each other. Very likely, yeah, we could be. We I think we fall in that category, but but not if it, 
it has to be 100% fans. You can't have one person who doesn't know it, like who's new to it. That's just not going to work, especially if it's like three people are into the podcast and then one person doesn't right. know it. Then the other person's out. Yeah, they're yeah, out. And they might they might just be fiddling on their phone and then they're bombed. Yeah, you know. And you lost them. You lost them. Don't don't. Otherwise, put on the minor threat yeah. discography. And get weird. No, no man left behind. Let's let's do that. So, uh, three. Does the rising star of bands like Somerset Thrower signal a return of bands like Make Do and Mend and other melodic stuff? I fucking hope so because. Some said throw was fantastic. Make do and mend are fucking incredible and did not get their due. So I'd be happy that bands like that, like hardcore kids playing that kind of music would be a welcome return in my opinion. Yeah. yeah I think we're going to see, we're going to see some, uh, and what can be said right now is that we're seeing a lot of, there's good stuff across the board. And I think there's going to be more good stuff in the melodic, emo leading uh rock and um hardcore yeah. roots music stuff uh number four patrick i'm gonna go to you with this first do you guys fuck with no idea records at all yes or no sure uh it's not like a big fuck with because uh they don't have a ton of stuff that i that really connected with me but i've told the story on the podcast in the past about I was more interested in the no idea version of Screamo than I was in the Northeast version of Screamo for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I when I finally got a taste of it up close, I went to one of those shows in Gainesville. I didn't love it, but that stuff still is cooler to me. Like I'd rather listen to Palatka than um, I don't know what, what what was going on in New Brunswick. Like I'd I'd rather listen. Uh, and I always claim that there's a there's a like basically forgotten record uh, that I'm, I'm going to double check that it is a no idea record before I embarrass myself. But um, there was a band called true North that put out one record yeah. self-titled yes. that I, I think is very good chaotic, either chaotic hardcore or screamo, whatever you want to fucking call it. I thought was uh, it, it was well above average. Uh, I think that there was, I mean, everybody sounded like they were doing the same thing for a while. So it's, I think that maybe there was some overlap, maybe, I mean, there's also 10 true Norths, so I'm going to have to parse this. Um, but uh, yeah, okay, We Speak in Code was released on No Idea in 2000. I think this is a very underrated, I would have to call Jeremy to tell you if this was legitimate Screamo or not, but it's right in that lane to me. Uh, the bulk of the No Idea stuff does not appeal to me. As Tom pointed out, it's kind of like, you and your friends are rowdy. You, you got your arms around each other's uh, sh- uh, shoulders and, and you're uh, it's, you know what energy it is. Um, uh, it's a it's younger. It, yeah, it's fun, but it's a young, it's a lot of beer. It's, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a younger man's version of uh, uh, I'm a hopeless romantic. What band? Um, bouncing souls, bouncing souls. It's like bouncing souls energy, but for, <laughs> it's bouncing souls, younger. but you forgot to shave for three weeks. Yes. And, and like, yo, those are fun shows, but as a very sober dude who doesn't love fun. (laughs) Like it's not, it's not my thing. Like, yo, when I've seen the bouncing souls fucking fun, you know what I mean? Like fun, but I need three songs of fun and then I'm out the door. Uh, for me, uh, yeah, I do fuck with no idea. Some stuff that hits my favorite, no idea record is the floor self-titled. Uh, Oh yeah. I love it. I love, I love, uh, that was a, 
super underrated, bought it at Generation New because I liked the art and it was in a listening station maybe and loved the fuck out of it. So uh, still love it to this day. Haven't listened to it in a while. Listened to it like some point last year and was like, this still hits. Tom, do you fuck with No Idea Records? I do. I like some of the stuff that Pat's like poo-pooing. Mm, mm. I like some of the like the 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 Callahan bands too. Oh sure, but I really really enjoy all the Hot Water stuff and their kind of offshoots that they put out. Oh yeah, and I like a lot of the early Against Me stuff. Yo, the, the if somebody wants to do a really fun like uh, discography dive, no idea is a fun one. There's a lot yeah. of weird ins and outs. You will all over the place. You will absolutely hear something you really love that you've never heard before, and you will definitely hear a lot of shit you don't like. I say that to anyone listening. Uh, I, I can't say I can't say that about many record labels, like in our world. That's no. a fact. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Number five. Why, in the year of our Lord 2021, do people still randomly add folks on Facebook? Oh my god. I'm not looking at Facebook. I don't know. Yeah, I don't um I, don't there. I yeah, I, I, I had a feeling um I almost went on like a diatribe Please. about that the other day. About being randomly I added? I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Give it to us. And it's always the same people and you go, Do I know anybody that this person knows? And invariably it's just random New York hardcore dudes. Oh weird. And it's kind of like Oh, you're just like going through and being like, collect them all kind of thing. <laughs> and you finally got to me like on the tears. Evie. Like, right. Okay. It's a Pokemon. I reference. fucking hate it. <laughs> well, t- t- I don't my, love it. You know, I can understand why you wouldn't want to get lumped, but when it comes to New York hardcore dudes, respectfully, everybody, I say this very respectfully. There's some fucking novelty characters out there that are really good follows. You know, like there's some yeah. So here's my problem. You'd want to, you'd want to follow the randoms that do add me on Facebook, particularly. Like all it takes is like like one or two posts of theirs, and I go, yeah, I'm out. Like I don't know you, and you're fucking like sh- sh- shitty slash racist. Then you're gone. Well, yeah, that's that's not like, very good. It's not as easy to to parse out. No, not easy. And I'm not as like, you know, like whatever. Instagram is like whatever. But like as soon as I like, you know, and then, you know, then as soon as you see like random dude named fucking Billy say some shit, then I'm like, I don't even know you. Like, I don't want to put up with this from like distant family members. I'm not putting up with this from like a stranger. Boop. See you later. True. Um, You're blocked from my social media. (laughs) Um. I don't block anybody, but no, I mean, it's just kind of, I think it's just so fucking weird. Cause it's like, I, I, I've, you know what? I've, I've, I would never just like blind add anybody. Yeah. Unless we met or whatever. Or if it's like, you know, I fucking, you know, like I follow fucking Walter. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Cause he's fucking Walter. Yeah. Right. Right. Or I follow fucking, you know what I mean? Like someone else, you know, whoever I fucking, well, I, fu- I fu- fucking follows Dan Blazarian. Does he know Dan Blazarian? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't follow him, but I do follow <laughs> Choke, who I do not know. And but you've as, written like soliloquies about the man. Yeah, I'm probably gonna write another song about him. Uh, th- there, I straight about up, that one response on Instagram. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know if anybody. I'm sure many Choke people. Choke Road on Instagram. Some funny thing I like. He is the weirdest collection of things. Like if I had to say, like what's a what's a strange fifty five year old man? I'd be like, oh yeah, no, hold on, I know one. It, it, he's like, it, he loves people getting hurt. Memes like lo- like he cannot oh, yeah. stop. It cannot stop. His stories are nonstop. Like person jumps jumps off of roof into pool, but misses. You know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. Ooh. It's it's With like compound fractures. Yeah, it's all that, and, and it's like it's. So listen, everybody. I don't know choke. That's a man with a varied life that is not my life, right? That should be understood. Uh, he still has a tinge of that shit stirring fucking 19 year old that we know from music at his advanced age. Can't resist the urge. It's just who he is. And this but, is how he lets it off. Yes. But he's also seemingly a very good father. And seemingly also like what by anybody's measure in, in 2021 a responsible citizen, right? Like a responsible adult member of the world. Sure. And but he likes to post stuff like people getting hit by cars. <laughs> that's like, that's where he still lets that like little, like itty bitty speck of sociopath. Is still yes. There. Yes, that's exactly. That's where and, he and, lets it. That's where he lets the steam off. Exactly. And I think, it, I think it's, I, I get a kick out of it. <laughs> I really enjoy. It. So, so there are dudes that I follow. Like you with birds? Uh, well, yes, like me with birds. Or I think that many of our listeners uh, follow Isaac. You know what I mean? Because Isaac is a, is a literal treasure trove. He's a character. He's amazing. Yeah. Yes. So I I can't resist those. I'll do them every time. Right. I'm not that cool, and I'm not yeah. that entertaining. All right. All right. Fair. <laughs> to 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 bring it up. Uh, number six of seven. I'm a professional gardener. So, wow. what's y'all's favorite plant or tree? Um, cherry trees are obviously very beautiful. You know, yes, um, nice trees. Uh, for people that uh, where's that DC that has the cherry? Yep, cherry, cherry blossoms. Festival? Yep. Yeah. So, so uh, if if you're from someplace else and you have no reason to visit DC, which is the majority of us, uh, then. Uh, that is a good time to go. It's actually quite, quite beautiful. Um, really nice. What else do I like? I, I like cactuses. Um, yeah. I really hate birds. Yeah, of I was going to say I like Joshua trees. Yeah. Oh, Joshua trees are beautiful. Yeah, really. Um, Saguaros. Saguaros are great. I'm um, I'm pretty in different succulents. Um, I like agaves, especially. You see a giant agave. Those are pretty impressive. I like live forever. Yeah, I like. Um, I like red maples when it comes to trees out this way. I like I like a really nice white birch, especially if you're walking through the woods. See a patch of white birch trees. That's nice. Um, yeah, you can catch me on some like uh, succulents. I like little succulents a lot. Um, I can't remember the name of my favorite one, but it almost looks like it's a little stone and it's splitting. It's, it's a weird looking one. Uh, yeah, uh, sucker for the Southwest. Um, uh, greenery, for lack of a better term. Uh, final question from Justin of Gainesville ex Nashville fame. Patrick once said I had broad shoulders and made me catch him off stage at a drug church show. Does he just say that to everyone? Because I was feeling pretty buff for a few days after that. Thanks, Justin. Hey, everybody, listen to me. <clears throat> if I've ever said anything unkind about your looks, I likely thought that we were able to joke. I, I say this specifically because 
at least two of us have a friend that I said something very offhand to, and they held on to it for like three years, resenting me. Mm. <laughs> so mm. like, so I, I just want to say that if I ever, uh, if I ever said anything about your looks, again, that's probably a, a product of over familiarity. Uh, but things like broad shoulders are typically a compliment, so I probably meant that. Right. I mean, you and you look at a dive, and you're like, who can carry this fucking? rotundness and then you're like hey buddy yeah i'll I'll say this that this is the only time that uh you know despite getting older um i'm you know like being 27 is tough sometimes man don't don't get too mad (laughs) being 27 is tough Uh, no i was just going to remark on pronouns that it's the only time that i find myself in a potentially weird situation is where i'll say yo i need this dude to catch me i don't know that that's a dude you know what I mean? Yeah. But like it, it, it is, uh, that's the only time that like the, because normally people just make you aware of their pronouns and you go, cool. You know what I mean? But yeah. Uh, right. But in the heat of a mosh moment. Yes. In the heat of the mosh moment. I, and I, I do sing, s- single people out to be like, yo, you know what I mean? Do with the beard. You, you're going to catch me. You know what I mean? I like make sure that these people that don't fuck I up. could be so bad to you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and it, but I don't. So just as if I ever said anything about your looks, I, I was definitely joking with you. I would never fucking like just jump in on <laughs> like somebody's looks. But, not fucking Don Rickles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but likewise, uh, if I ever get your pronouns wrong at a fucking show, just correct me. It's just because I, I and I never mean to sing. Yeah. yeah, but I understand how that could be fucked up if if like because. I've played shows where I've I've really singled people out. I've actually sure, had especially these, when you got a microphone in a room. With yeah, a and, I, yeah. I, and hundreds of people. Drug listening church. To just who knows? You. It's like seven, eight hundred people, maybe more. <laughs> Jeez, oh. maybe, I mean, Yo, one yeah, time this, the wireless mic. It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> one time we were playing. Uh, 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 we were opening the forum. Uh, it might next year. We were opening the forum. <laughs> we were opening the Staples Center, yeah. and uh, uh, a, a dude was not enjoying himself at all and the light was on him the entire time like this weird house light that just like made him this the the focus of my life and yeah in and in between songs i remarked to him um, remarked about it and then the 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 uh, lighting guy immediately put a big spotlight on him and i felt rough because i was like (laughs) you don't want to do that (laughs) it's like but here's the deal like I'm good at a comedy show. Like if I'm in front row at a comedy show, I know that I'm going to get shitted on. You know what I mean? They're like doing in, crowd work. Yeah. Yeah. It's just part of the thing. But you're going to hear Paul Walker. You're not expecting to get fucking made fun of. <laughs> right. 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 So, I, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I so mean, like, like there's certain bands that do the the mixed bill, like comedy slash hardcore songs. Such as? Uh, sure. Uh, I'm not naming any of them. Such, um, such but. Good clean fun, but drug charge. Maybe you have to know, like, hey, you know, Pat works a little blue, <laughs> and he might pick you out of the crowd. You know what I'm like, excited? I'm thing. most ex- he does crowd work. I'm most excited from this, Tom. Is that there's going to be somebody who comes to Patrick not too far from now? And it's like, yo, man, when you said that about my 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 fucking shirt not fitting right, that fucked me up. I was really bummed, and he goes, yo, I thought I apologized for that. Yeah, I apologized. This yeah. is his blanket right. apology. One blanket apology. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Well, maybe we can cut this out, Pat. You can cut this out. Just play it I'll on. Just it have on. it on your iPhone, yeah, just, ready. Yeah, just drop it. Airdrop it to everyone. My in the bad. Room. Yeah, that's that should be how the drug church set starts on your first tour back. Is canned recordings of you apologizing for things that might might or might not happen during the set. Good gimmick. <laughs> I may make fun of your shirt. I may stage dive on you. Yeah. 
fuck. That that might be working a little too blue. All right, we got one more with a, a few different questions, so we'll close it with this. Uh, Connor emails and says, a few questions that might be interesting for a mailbag ex- ex- episode. Ugh. We will be the judge of that, Connor. Yeah. One, what is the single best heckle you have heard at a show? What is the best shutdown of a heckler you have heard at a show? So oh. while you guys think, I'll, I'll give you this. I'm not sure about the best heckle. I, let me pull back. There are some specific ones I remember. Um, most of them were local shows and had that energy where everyone in the room knew the, the person who was heckling and then also knew the person who was being heckled and knew the, the ruse was personal. Um, and that was always fun. Uh, I will stay out of details beyond that. The best shutdown of a heckler... I don't have a specific one, but Taylor Madison from Super Heaven, and then he's doing his band Webbed Wing now. He's great. He like almost to the point where I think it became a bit where people would try to heckle, and he like dude is sharp, and dude is funnier than he is even sharp, and he's really fucking sharp, and he would just burn people left and right. So. Uh, I don't have a, sp- a specific one, but he would shut down hecklers and like in that way where like like Shaquille O'Neal level like oh if a if a, a snake bit your mom right here on the upper chest would you would you suck the venom out uh, no but I would I would for your wife like like that level of like <laughs> whoa burning so shout out to Taylor Madison and Shaquille O'Neal. Fuck, that's tough. I feel like I'm trying to think of actual heckles. One thing, so this this is probably a heckle, I would imagine. I would guess. Mm. So I don't know. You guys might be too young, but like there was a crew of dudes from Jersey, I think, that would go to shows and yell "body count." <laughs> oh, the, the, the Jerky Boys, I believe. <laughs> One of the dudes' name was Ralph. But so, like, all right, so you'd be like a Wetland show, and like, it would, like a veil would be playing. And someone, like, you know, he'll be like, we're doing a fucking Food Not Bombs tomorrow. And, like, one guy would be like, buddy! And then someone from across the crowd would be like, count! <laughs> and then, like, and people, and, like, Tim would be like, body count? What the, body count? Like, what the fuck? Like, and it would throw, like, everyone off their, like, fucking game. <laughs> that always, I always loved that one. And then in the South, this isn't, I mean, this this wasn't heckle to me. It made me want to run through a fucking wall. Yeah. But it might have been a heckle for some more Christian folks in the room mm. and it, like particularly in Atlanta, someone it could be like dead silent and someone would go, can I get a goddamn? And then the whole crowd would go, God damn. And it like, if you were on their side, you were like, we're going to take over the world with atheism and this is going to be the greatest thing ever. Wow. Um, That's probably pretty right. I guess it's a heckle. Like if you're not the atheist band on the set, on the, on the lineup, <laughs> um, that's probably a good heckle. And, and I think, yeah, I mean, Shutting hecklers down, I think it, it just I would I would imagine Pat's a good one. Um uh singer from Every Time I Die, very clever. Knows how to shut people the fuck down. Jeff Perlin. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm, yeah. Super you gotta be really fucking smart. Like you gotta be good on your feet. Yep. You can't say anything fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's tough. It's not easy. I, I, yeah. But I can't think of anyone in particular. Patrick, you got any? Like, I don't. I'm trying to think of 
I'm That's trying to think. All right, then, it, then I'll pivot and say, do you have any good show pranks? Because this made me think while you were saying the Jersey thing, there were some good hecklers from New Jersey. A lot of like the Morse County dudes were good hecklers. The New Brunswick dudes tried, but sometimes it was too clever. Um, but but later on, I don't know who did it originally, but like someone in, in my crew of friends, I th- it may have been this guy, Ryan Eckert, Ryan Eckert, shout out, started doing this thing where like mostly to friend bands, but then it became a prank to do to anybody. So bands playing, doing a sing-along. And when they do the sing-along, you grab the mic and you go, oh, bah, 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 as loud as you can into the microphone <laughs> and just keep saying like, not the words, but just like clearly making a, a bah, 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 sound. And it was very funny. And like <laughs> instantly you would be like, even if you weren't watching the band, you could be in the back and then you hear bah, 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 and it was just dying. And so then everybody started doing it. It was, it turned into a really fun thing. So, uh, That's really yeah, great. yeah. I mean, I'm sure the first band who had it happen to them, who didn't know any of the people was like, fuck that dude. Yeah. You know? well, that's fair. So, but shout out. That was really I, funny. I mean, as far as like, there was a one-off prank. I'm going to, I'm going to tread lightly around this. Hmm. Um, so, uh, it happened at Gainesville Fest before it became the fest. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, mm. this prank. I know you're familiar with the fest. Um, some dudes from Tallahassee that were in a band called I have dreams. And then they went on to be in a band called a new kind of American saint. Okay. Yeah. Actually we should, we should really talk about this sometime, but go on. Because I mean, Bob, go off, fam. No, go <laughs> off. Uh, we've, talk, we've talked about the uh, new new kind of American American Saint. Uh, uh, oh wait, was it which one was it? The, the which one was the Saves the Day album, Mark Tom? The demo. Okay, so we so we've talked about this a little bit, but we'll, it was just dudes who were willing to go the extra mile as early gen trolls, and you had to give it to them because they were very punk dudes and how little they gave a shit, and yeah, that, it was a. It was a pretty wild energy. Bob, maybe we've mentioned this. They, they did a shot for shot remake of the uh, uh, fucking Saves Save the Day, Day record. record. Yeah, yeah, through yeah. Being cool. Right. I, I remember but, that. Yes. Yeah, but it ended with them yeah. sucking each other off. And it was like, you know, listen, everybody, like d- that was transgressive at the time because a hardcore, I mean, we've talked about this quite a bit, but when we got involved in hardcore, uh, that slur that people don't use anymore, very common to hear. And very. Uh, there was, there was a type of uh, what by any, <laughs> by any measure, I don't give a fuck if you're like a 55 year old man. Who's like, th- th- like pronouns, like, like y- that, even that dude is right now admitting that hardcore has gone through multiple eras that by any measure, toxic masculinity sort of ruled the day. Right. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and for dudes to be sucking each other off for the for the bit, you know what I mean? Like for the photo was really transgressive. It's like such a fuck you. Right? Yes, it was a, very much a fuck you. Now in 2021 language, somebody might be like, oh, they were appropriating gay shit. I don't even know. But like, let me tell you, it, it At was- At the time for that, it was like shocking. Yeah, it was in your face sort of shit. And it was shit. such a fuck you to the bro core yes. like- Yes, but th- so this wasn't even what I was talking about. Sorry, I just I I I feel like though that band, which what happened, Tom? One morphed into the other. Is that about right? I believe 
someone from I Have Dreams passed away, and then uh, gotcha. I think okay. some of the dudes went on to a new kind of American state. I remember if I remember correctly. It's just, someone. It's, so, so someone it, can correct me. I think. I, I don't want to. I don't want to take us. But when I mentioned there were wires on this podcast, I, I got a number of messages from people that loved that band from back in the day, and oh, yeah. were remarking that they that they never get talked about, and. Uh, it's nice to see their, you know, shout out to Death Wish who's got a part in the reissue of the one record and whatever. But the the, the I have dreams would be right in or new kind of American Saint probably more. It is right in that lane of things that people had energy around, and then the band ended uh, early, and then it doesn't get talked about enough. But so I just want to, sorry, Tom, I stepped on your shit a little bit, but go on. No, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. I mean, it's okay. I mean, so painting that picture. These are a bunch of like vegan trade edge dudes from um, Tallahassee, all kind of like fucking trolls in their own way. Game, um, this band is playing. I mean, Pat mentioned them already, but um, everyone would make fun of that record cover because yeah. it was like a party. So like a, um, some band that um, I won't mention that I, I, I'll just say that I wasn't there for this. Right. If you know what I'm saying. Yes. This was in 1999, so I was not there for this. Um, so it would be funny um, to get these uh, – um, a new kind of American saint, fucking wackos, to um, run up on stage with like boxes of pizza, completely naked and dance around. <laughs> saves the day going like pizza party, pizza party, pizza party. Because they were making fun of like – in Rhea, I mean at the time, the through being cool record thing was pretty lame. No, no question. To some no, no question. I mean maybe it wasn't. But like to fucking like die in the wool hardcore kids. Like this is fucking cool. This, is not, this doesn't belong. As like, someone whatever. who was excited for the record, the record cover threw me for a loop uh, even though I was like eagerly anticipating the next Saves of the Day record. Yeah, and they were like pizza party. And like so now there's people up there with like full pies – completely naked like moshing around this band on stage at a festival in Gainesville it took a terrible turn that I can tell you (laughs) okay okay yeah I mean nothing no 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 nothing to do like with like they didn't like like fuck the pizza or anything like that no 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 it wasn't anything weird like that but someone took it in a different light someone didn't see the the lightheartedness of it perhaps and it really fucked him up and it was like i heard about this years and years later and and i don't know the guy but i i felt really terrible even though i was not there for that words hurt sometimes pizza jokes hurt too so hmm. i'm trying to think other funny i mean most of the big fucking pranks have ended up in like famous brawls (laughs) stage diving in a fucking fur coat that's true throwing yogurt Patrick, uh, the, the one the one on. kid from uh, New Kind of American Saint uh, went on to play in Of Montreal, which is incredibly strange that that happened. Hmm. And then the other dude, Mikey Peters, was in like uh, Brothers Keeper and a few other like cargo bands. Oh yes, he was in. Apparently, he was in Poison the Well. Interesting. Um, yes, I mean, yeah, Poison the Well had a lot of people. Yeah. Wow, Patrick, okay. who was the best heckler in the five one eight? Probably Josh Turner. Okay, and he's tall. His voice carries. Yeah, his, he's got he's a like a big, six foot five gentleman. Yeah, six foot five fella got a big voice, uh, and quick. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, very witty. Yeah, so so he would drop in on a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of quiet moments. We get this kind of 
but but this is maybe we'll try to do one that you haven't done before. What is your favorite band that never left their local scene? So that is to say, it's not like, hey, what's your favorite band from your local scene? What's your favorite band that never left their local scene? Um, so let me think of one. I got one. Go for it. The Killing Tree from Chicago. What were they oh, yeah. about? You, 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 big, you big up this. This is pre-Rise Against. Uh, Rise Against. Well, no, it was like co- it was concurrent with Rise Against. Oh. But it was um, Tim from Rise Against, who's like the singer, main songwriter guy, was like the was it was like a metalcore band that he didn't sing the majority of it. There was another dude who sang. Mm-hmm. Really, really well done. We played with them a few times at at the Fireside. I don't think they ever toured. It was to a point that, like, when I would see like a Rise Against sticker back then, I'd be like, "Oh, that's cool. That's Tim's band." Like, thinking it was cool that like somewhere outside of Chicago had a Rise Against fucking like you know uh, yeah. bumper sticker, and never knowing like, hey, in like three years they're gonna be like the biggest band in America. Um, but yeah, the Killing Tree from Chicago. They had um, they had two records. They had one out on One Day Savior, which I don't know if it's in print or online. Um, and it was, I think it's called like the. Crossing a Kill Creek or Kiss Me at I forget what the, it, 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 um, but it, yeah, the Killing Tree worth checking out. Okay, Patrick. Uh, I'm I'm thinking like bands like Dissolve that never left upstate to my knowledge. Um, maybe something like that. Uh, oh shit! While we're on that, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Homeboy from Dissolve. Oh, he's injured. Yes. Oh, he's injured. That's right. Give me one moment. Um. Yeah, he's got to go fund me. This is a good a good opportunity. Uh, yeah, to, to talk about. So this. Kevin Rivers, who was the original drummer in Dissolve, was in a terrible accident. Um, you can go to Dissolve Band um, at Instagram, and they have the GoFundMe link in their bio. Um, so yeah, he's he's just getting out of ICU. Um, so if you have some, you know, I, I know he, a lot of our buddies from. The uh, Hudson Valley, we're push, p- putting this around, so we want to be able to use this this platform to do that too. Sure. Um, so yeah, go to Dissolve Band at Instagram, doc, you know, on Instagram, and go to the GoFundMe. And if you can spare a couple of bucks, help out a fellow core person, you should do it. Do it to it. Um, a band who who never got out of their local scene that I like a lot is uh, a band I actually did a record for, Resonance uh, from Virginia Beach. Um, they did a couple demos that I thought were awesome, melodic, up-tempo, fast punk hardcore. Um, you know, uh, I think it's reductive to say they're... I think they kind of... It's it's hard. I wouldn't... Like, it's not Kid Dynamite. It's got a little bit more melody than than that. It's in that vague lifetime realm. But, but I think they really had their own thing going on. Um, and I did a 12 inch for it and, uh, I don't think they ever really got out of Virginia beach, which is okay. Um, so check that record out. Did they go on to anything else? A couple of the guys. So one of them was, uh, um, one of them was in the band permanent from Virginia beach. Um, okay. Or not from Virginia beach, but Richmond. Uh, my buddy, Mick Anders, who was in tar pit also, uh, was in, um, wasted time. And so, oh, okay. yeah, they did that. the The record is called cool. Transfuse. Um, I, I had to look it up, and I put the record out. Um, yeah, another one of the guys was also in Tarpit. 
and uh yeah uh flechette which was later but i don't think they did much but i i love the resonance stuff and i have to digitize it at some point so uh i'll try to do that this will be a good reminder for me to do that so check it out (laughs) okay um what is your what is the best cover that is better than the original um agnostic front crucified uh judge warriors those ones are easy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those those are two that jump out to my mind really quick. Hmm. Ceremony doing uh, pressures on. Whatever. Oh, the Red Sea cover. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think it might be better. Hmm. Um. Fucking. I mean, uh, quicksand doing the fucking. Oh, how uh, soon is now? Really, I I do like the quicksand version quite a bit. I don't know if it's better, be better, but damn, it is a really good version. I wish that was on streaming in an easy way. I, I understand why it can't be, but you know, I mean, it was on a B side that was recorded on like a. I think it, I think they, they there's even there's there maybe is like some weird version of slip where it's a hidden track something like that you know. Yeah, it's yeah. So it was it wasn't like oh it like shh, don't tell anyone or a live thing. It was like it was on yeah. The divorce single? I think it I might remember. have been on divorce single, yeah. Um, but it's out there. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. Um Patrick covers that are better than the original. <sighs> uh Slapshot doing White Rabbit. <laughs> that Jefferson Airplane record has some good songs on it, but overall was a huge letdown because I, I went to it because I liked the song White Rabbit so much and uh the rest of the album just doesn't hit. I think there's like three other songs I could really vibe on. Uh, what about Slapshot covering? Uh, is it Big Mouth Strikes again? Oh, yes. Yeah. And it's a great cover for them, but it's, but it's uh, not better than the original. <laughs> no, it's not better than the original. Very underrated cover for them. What's, uh, what's a cover you've recorded that you feel very proud of, Patrick? I don't. None. <laughs> No, I, I mean, listen, co- covers for me, like I've done some decent ones, um, uh, 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 you know, uh, what's the song? Big Iron Doors. Uh, it, it, I've done I've done songs that uh, I think are are very cool and I've done on occasion a decent job, but all they should do at the end of the day is redirect you to the classic, to the original, you know? Yeah, it's rare that they outshine. I, I like the form where, say, an AF or Judge did the cover in their own way and it ended up becoming their own thing. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, Tom, have you ever done a cover that you feel proud of? No. Okay. <laughs> same. No, same thing. And then I go like, I see what we were going we're for. We're pushing it. We're and trying like, to we- redirect attention, time and attention over to this cool, cool band, cool song. Yeah, I mean – yeah, like we're, we're, there's this band, The Cure. You know, we're trying to get some eyes on them. You know what I mean? Right, kind of. Yeah. Trying to do them a fucking solid. Uh, uh, there, we we covered a negative approach. Song. We we have people who cite your cover of uh, of Glue for. Uh, That's true. For, for Definitely for not better than SSD version, but we did that. Mm-hmm. We uh, I did a cover of Live Your Life, negative approach, mm-hmm. um, that I was deleted from mm-hmm. when I got kicked out of the band. So that's cool. Um, we did a song that never made. Uh, you know what? I didn't hate this version. Of course, the one thing that didn't make it to the public. We did uh, "Merchandise" by Fugazi. Oh, oh. yeah. 
for the the split which I allude and um, our boy Ian wouldn't let us use it. Mm. Weak. Because it was on a major label. Do you think he just heard the version was like, you know what? He didn't even hear it. I was trying to I was he trying was to play like, the story. Like he heard the version and he thought, mm, I don't want this out there, man. I don't want the smoke. Yeah, exactly. This dude's even better than Gee. Yeah, no. He was just kind of like, oh, Revelation? They have major label distribution. See you guys later. And then like five years later, I was like, they're letting them play Minor Threat on Entourage. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah, he's just a big Entourage fan. Yeah, but it, yeah, it was just, it's very weird. Right. All right. Uh, um, listen, fellas, I, I want to ask you guys a question. Go. How fast can you normalize a smell? Like a use of um, it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Six to 12 hours. No, for me, it's pretty quick. Within 15 to 20 minutes, if it's an, if it's just a song a smell I don't like, that's fine. If it's an offensive smell, it, I it starts to really grate at me, and I can't normally. I got to figure it out. Are you talking like a mouse in the wall kind of smell? Well, I'm I'm house sitting for a friend of the podcast, Jeremy Baum. Uh, everybody, check out. Uh, Why are you putting his fucking dirt out there? Everybody, <laughs> like his house smell. No, no, no. It's just while we were podcasting, his cat took a giant shit next to me. Oh, and that's offensive. I, and I was thinking about him. Everybody follow him. He does a podcast called First Ever Podcast. Uh, and they're typically, you know, he keeps it light, but they're they're serious conversations. They're mm-hmm. interviews, more or less. And I was just thinking about him, you know, talking to <laughs> Phoebe Bridgers or whatever the fuck. And like, yeah, this and, cat coming and dropping a bomb. Yeah. Th- and it's like a 15 year old cat that just like, don't, he don't give a shit. He just like destroyed the space that I'm in right now. <laughs> So, uh, Shout out I'm essentially cat. saying if we, if we if we could wrap this one up, it'd be it'd be better for me as well. Yeah, we got we got two we got two questions. We wrapping. Uh, what record? We got another 15, 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, we're gonna get like twenty. Yeah, you, you're gonna have to normalize. What record for the 20th century should be re recorded with 21st century recording technology? I'll I'll say that last rights material that I find near unlistenable. Okay, Tom. Anything that you wish had better? Product? You know what I would love? Um, uh, hmm. So Sick of It All did that that uh, that record of like the greatest hits re-recorded. Mm-hmm. I would love a Youth of Today greatest hits re-recorded. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh yeah, you feel strong about those recordings, don't you? I think it's really cool. Like if if, no, if someone I mean, was like, uh, no, we agree that it, it, it makes songs that on the original records do not pop, pop. No, we agree that Sick of It All did a great job, but I don't recall. Did you feel strongly that the Youth of Today records just do not sound good? Is that is, is that some of them are pretty bad? Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel that strongly about those records, uh, but I get the point. I mean, I love the records, but I wonder what they would sound like with like a fucking, yeah. you know, if they sounded like a judge record and not like they did. Yeah. Uh, I don't, uh, I'm hard on this one. I, I don't think, but it would be interesting. Not that I would think it would be better, but I think it would be interesting to hear what like um, the Crumb Suckers record would sound like with, with bigger, pr- big modern production. Because I think those dudes were you know on something, yeah. and like I think it would really highlight some of the things they did really well. Yeah, you know what, Pat? One for you. I think that you probably would agree with me. Chokehold. Oh yeah, I would love. If love, that was dying, love. if that was recorded well, I would oh. love to give Chokehold a fair shot because I hate Chokehold. But do I actually hate Chokehold, or do I hate the no, fact that I can't chokehold. listen to that? Yeah, exactly. You know, you know what? There's a lot of records from the '90s w- w- across the spectrum, but like. Like some of the crust punk stuff, or like, like dirty but heavy stuff. That if you, or, or like even even like yo, 
for those who fear tomorrow, I think there's a magic in the the production on it. But also, I'd be curious to hear what that would sound like with like a real big production. I could sound really good. Oh, so, yeah. like basically, the '90s would be interesting. The '80s, I have this weird like, no, it sounds bad and it's kind of charming. And then a lot of the '90s sure. stuff, I'm like, it sounds bad. It's less charming. I don't know. Uh, yeah, like I, we know what you had, and you could have made this yeah. better. Uh, is there a current? And this is the last question: Is there a current producer that is this generation's producer that defines an era? Um, Will Yip. I think Will Yip, Will Putney, and Will Killingsworth are uh, the, the three right. Wills. Are And Taylor. And then Taylor, yeah. Oh, yeah, Taylor. you got to put Taylor in there. got to get Taylor in there. For heavy stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, he's heavy stuff west of the fucking Rio Grande, or west of the Mississippi. <laughs> You're going to fucking. No, I think Taylor. those guys are all doing stuff and. Um, Oh, I think there's going to be some new names in the in the mix soon too. Just new people doing new stuff. But but those the, Sean Kenny, Sean Kenny's doing cool stuff. Uh, shout out to Sean. Kurt Ballou. keep him working. Um, oh yeah, Kurt defined a lot of sound. Kurt defined a lot of sound. A lot. Uh, what's a fella from the Bay Area? Oh, Jack Shirley. Yep. There you go. Um, yeah, you know, there's a lot. So they produce doing a lot of stuff. Um, and, and credit to all those folks that we mentioned have done a lot of stuff I've heard and quite often I'm surprised because they, they work hard to make their records not be samey. And I can't say that of all eras, you know what I mean? That, that people are going to these fellas and people in general for a sound sometimes and sometimes not, but they work to not be like, okay, this is what I do. And this is the way all this shit sounds. Uh, they, they, yeah, they're not Don Fury or Al, Steve Albini. That's kind of like yeah, the, the knobs. The knobs aren't glued out. down. They, they might have some right. some wear at the groove spots, but they're not glued to the board. You know, exactly. All right, yo, uh, Patrick. Do we want to? Oh yeah, what are you gonna say? Well, we got two things. Yes, we want to do our brief little announcement about the song. Yeah. So we uh, we so this episode you'll probably hear something at the end of the episode. But we've been getting hit about how busy things are about to get. And a lot of shows, a lot of stuff. And Tom, what does that mean for us? I think, yeah, so we're getting a ton of requests for folks asking if we can premiere songs and stuff like that. And usually that would be no problem when we did like those kind of listening parties and stuff. We could get through 10, 15 songs. But since we're kind of all over the country, that those don't really happen right now. So, you know, with the energy that stuff is coming back and life is coming back and that like records that have sat dormant waiting for that time, you know, when stuff is starting to open back up and that shows are happening and stuff, I we thought that we could make it easier that we do kind of like a thing just for between for now through the summer mm. where um, if you send us um, – you know, some send us stuff that you know, so your new records and stuff like that, or things that you want us to premiere. Um, be very specific in the emails. Like, if you have something coming out in November, don't send it to us. You know, thinking that we may play it in July because that would not behoove you. That when the record comes out four months later. Um, but if you know, hey, I have this record coming out August nineteenth. Can you play it during the week of blah blah blah? Um, there's going to be more people asking than time and and episode yes. availability, so we will do our best. Yes. Um, and and you know, please, you know, if, if you happen to not get chosen, it's 
probably going to be first come first serve kind of deal. Um, and we assume there'll be a lot, you know, and there's, you know, and there's other options for getting stuff played. There's other podcasts and stuff. And, and we'll, we'll probably do, uh, at least a couple of the radio episodes that we do occasionally. Um, sure. yeah, so ones that we might miss the yeah, premieres. I think, I think Patrick has one or, or DJ Pate thinner has been, uh, he's been In the lab. sniffed out. Yeah. So, Oh, okay. But but that said, I mean, Tominator might yeah, be back. we need the Tominator back. So we're gonna still hit you with that stuff. But this was a cool concept. Shout out to Tom for for uh, f- seeing a problem, come up with a solution. Whereas me and Patrick would have been like, eh, fuck it, uh, no songs. Tom found a cool way to do this. Um, do not get upset. Grind, so spectacular. Yeah, don't get don't get bummed if we don't got room for it. Uh, we love you all. We try to promote. We try to show love. Um, check out the songs, check out the stuff we play and hope to hear from you guys soon.